Hello, how are we, how are we all? And uh, welcome to another episode of Steedcast. Uh, we still locked down, but only not as bad as we was. Um, how's everyone doing? Uh, this is uh, a uh, well, a British comedy guide, a history of British comedy, a British comedy walkthrough, a British comedy what's through, um, whatever you want to call it, really. Uh, right, this this it. this is this is that. Yeah, so Steedcast. Yeah. Waltz sounds yeah. quite German. Waltz through German. It comes. Everybody, uh, everybody, all right. Yeah, we're not we're not locked in our houses. We're just locked in our country now. I think isn't that the yeah, difference? Which is better. I think um, <laughs> I think Darth Drakeford has um, has loosened this up a little bit. But from what I read earlier, he's very keen to reel us back in again. He's very keen, uh, Mister Drakeford, to well, to reel us reel us ever that uh, further back in again. From what I think I've he's seen. just keen to shit on. He's us. He is. He's dangling a carrot in front of us. Is what he's doing. And then he just reel us back in. And he just. He's he's in there. He sat there. He is. He's ready. He's prepping himself for the political fallout. Give him a couple of weeks. He'd be locked down again. So he whether he has to fucking reverse the decision, yeah. isn't it? You it know, depends whether whether the numbers rise. If the numbers rise, then I don't see why he shouldn't like take action. He's waiting, boy. He's waiting. You know, he knows that the tease he does old Drakeford, our fella. He knows he's a big old tease. Absolute slut. Yeah, he knows what he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. Tell, tell me, son. Are you have they still numbers? He didn't even come say hello. I didn't. Have they still got that big green apple thing there? I I yeah. still. I won't go to Port Talbot so if, if, if brown. I wouldn't. You couldn't pay me to go to Port Talbot. Oh, I'm outside <laughs> of the smog zone, son. Outside of the smog zone. I'm, out, I'm outside <laughs> of the smog have you, zone. Have you got any of the sort of um what I would describe as? I might offend people. The poor tab of shit smell. Have you got? Have you, you got <laughs> that's that? That's still not that way. That is. Every time we drive past, someone's always like, proper dad joke. Everyone's like, "Have you farted?" You know, <laughs> it's that kind it of thing. It's eggy and it's super yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, every time you you tell me somebody who hasn't drove past passport tab, but then ask you someone farted. It's Welsh things. It's what we do. It's what it is like. Just Welsh things. I suppose anybody else who's, who's oh this, this is a frothy beer this is I suppose anybody else who's down bar but it's definitely a local thing it was like wow I was farty every you know school trips that kind of thing school buses going past yeah. you know tired buses like wow who's farty you know the teachers like calm down everybody calm down there's a riot over it it's, it is what it is the poor tab of shit smell yeah it is what it is <laughs> well we just blacklisted ourselves on Port Talbot I can't even live here anymore. I get chased out. Yeah, no. Uh, thing is, they, 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 can't, they can't light the match to light the fucking torches to chase me out. Port Talbot is a lovely place. Um, home to the Port Talbot Three. Rob Brydon, Anthony Hopkins, and Michael Sheen. The Port Talbot Three. Yeah. Anyway, I'm gonna move on now. I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna read yeah, things cool. forward. I'm gonna mark Drakeford, anti Mark Drakeford, and I'm gonna read things forward. Um, <laughs> so yeah, this is a, a history of what am I calling it? History of British comedy. Uh, British comedy guide, uh, British comedy skim through, um, whatever you want to call it. You call British it whatever the fuck you want, son. Um, so, and what I'm going to what I'm going to start with, and this is something that's um, relevant within our interest. Uh, often, when I've when I brought up British comedy in the past, I know I know that certain members of uh, the the Steecast sort of um, group that the gentleman I'm speaking to now, uh, they always mention like the uh, the laughter track kind of thing, and how that can possibly taint. Uh, the enjoyment of certain shows and stuff like that. So I'm going to start talking about um, the laughter track, and then we'll be going through, we'll be going through de- by the decade some of the sort of um, hits of that decade, or the, the you know the the defining sort of shows um, within that decade. 
shows which everybody I imagine would have seen at some point. You know, uh, repeated constantly. But um, I apologise to any of our European fans or extended fans watching who wouldn't probably wouldn't have a clue of any of these shows because some of these shows are so British that it would just be impossible to sort of um, what's the word I'm looking for? You know. It translate, just, it just, I suppose. Yeah, yeah it just like wouldn't a, fit. It, it yeah, the humour doesn't translate. Yeah, it would. It be. It would just wouldn't work. You know, I I, I do apologise. However, um, you know, I'd be I'd be as I'd be explaining this show. There is a chance if, if there are ways you can find them in certain places to to check them out. Nonetheless, but um, yeah, I'm going to start talking about the laughter track, uh, the laughter track of which is the ha <laughs> you know. When everyone's everyone's watching, so sometimes it's not always necessarily funny. It's always there, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you for this, right? I've had a couple of bruises. Do apologise, um, and I'll tell you for this, um, like once you are aware of the laughter track, it is impossible not to notice it. Oh, it's so brain. bad! It's so bad. Like I was watching Black Box last night, and I didn't even realise the laughter track was there before. But now I'm aware of it. It's just Manny's coming in and stuff. You know, Bill Bailey with the skillet, and it's just like, oh my god, this is. <laughs> It's not even it's funny, much, like, yeah, why are you laughing? That was, so that was one of the... I, I think I didn't realise Alan Partridge relied so much on um, on a laughter track. It's, just, it's popping up everywhere and it's getting to me. And um, now I'm aware of a laughter track. That's, that's the end yeah. of it. So try and switch off when you're watching stuff is my advice because once you're aware of it... It's like when you were. Uh, it's like when you finally hear Matt Bellamy breathing when you're listening to moves. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you the can't yeah. Hear it. <laughs> Just ruins every uh, song. Yeah. But let but, um, me. I'm going to go into a little bit of the laugh track. Right, what it is uh, that I don't really like about it in things like uh, I, I, don't, I don't think Monty Python have it so much, but like. There's certain uh, British comedies that have it. They don't need to have it because they are oh, funny no, enough exactly, on their own. Exactly. Like. Yeah. Exactly that. That's what I pisses think, me off. Um, things have changed and my tastes and, and, and stuff have changed. I think, like, obviously, like stuff like Mrs. Brown's Boys has it, I think, but now you don't need a laugh Do track. Do they have it? Do, yeah, I think the they must Comedy they must, has changed, isn't it? In general. Yeah, Mrs. Brown's Boys is fi- filmed in front of a live. Mrs. Brown's Boys is filmed in front of a live studio. Of course audience. it is. I tell a live. Of course it is. Yeah, they, 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 they always have the audience and they do the yeah. bow and whatnot, don't they? Yeah, of course. But. Um, One. One thing I'll say on the, the laugh track, just to get this in, it's not a British comedy, but it is an example of how a laugh track, how a show depends on a laugh track. And I don't know if any any of you have ever seen the uh, edited version of an episode of The Big Bang Theory where they've completely yeah. taken out the laugh track. Yeah. yeah I've seen yeah. The Friends. It can sound quite sinister. It can often sound quite sinister yeah, with the laugh exactly. track. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It kind it's of covers like up Friends episodes as well with a laugh track. Or yeah. Something yeah. Like, and, uh, it's because they leave the gap, isn't it, for the laughter? So when the when yeah. the gap isn't is when they <laughs> yeah. obviously when they take the laughter yeah. out, it's just dead air, like yeah, it's fucking weird. Yeah. I I also watched um, a thing where like Rachel from Friends makes like a certain noise or, or clears her throat before. Um, have we seen that at all? It was in the news, but not yeah. the news, but. He makes like a funny little noise before. Always makes a funny little noise before saying something. And when you notice that as well, you you'll never. Can can you give us a um? It's because she's Anunnaki, son. What what does she do? It's just like like that, like that, a bit of a bit of a throw clear, like yeah. That's a third-dimensional mask slipping. But um, for the benefit of the tape, um, I'm gonna go go back to the origins of the laugh track, which dates back to the late 1940s, believe it or not. Um, where at the time they were looking to create the sort of theatre experience um within the home at the time you'd have you know the wireless radio and things so that's how that came about that's the idea of it came about in the late 1940s um 
because um, that's what they were looking for. But it wasn't wasn't always guaranteed um, that they would get um, a good reaction or you know a good laughter then from from the audiences that they were recording. Often people were out of time, out of sync, or laughing at the wrong moments. I mean, you must have been to local shows yourself when you see people trying to clap along. Uh, Queens we would rock you or something and it's just totally off time you know that's the general sort of thing or um, Radio Gaga or something and, and it's all over the shop people generally don't non-musician types especially don't really have a good sense of timing so I think that a lot of the cases with this was they were just laughing at the wrong moments or just couldn't get the right kind of thing so that's where the laughter track as we know it came in and this was new in um... the 1950s um, and this was um, when an American sound engineer called Charles Douglas, um, who created the the laughter box, a box of laughter, it was a physical, like a physical machine um, that apparently was um, padlocked away and locked up in his garage that only certain members of his family had a key to um, to open it. You're uh, yeah, serious now. That uh, the box of laughter, like. the Douglas box of laughter, and laugh with it, you may will, but um, this box was. Um, pretty much seen in comedies for decades from like you know the 50s right up until the 70s the same the same laughs the same that's, laughs i was gonna say is that why it's the same laughs pretty much and in, in a lot of stuff it's the same laugh you, you you were hearing the same laugh what you were essentially hearing is the douglas box of laughter now there was a, another laugh track as well which was created by Hanna barbera which was sort of um a rival to to this sort of laugh track so uh, they had their own sort of laugh track. Yeah, you can tell the difference as well. Th- thinking about yeah. that now, you can tell the difference. There's the Douglas laugh track, and, and... which they called the laugh box, and then when the, the Hanna Barbera stuff kind of came, the Flintstones, the Jetsons, all this kind of stuff, uh, they had their own sort of. Um... Did they have laugh tracks? Yeah, yeah of course they did. Yeah, 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 yeah. they had their own little thing going on. You try making um... a living this way. <laughs> No, uh, quick question, guy. And apologies if I'm jumping ahead. Are any of these American laugh tracks that we used for years are they are they on the British stuff? We are talking about yeah. We talk mainly talking about British. Uh, we're mainly talking about the American side of things at the moment now. But how it transcended into now, we we can't jump ahead because um, British stuff always tended to be done more in front of a live audience. That's the difference um, to provide a more natural laughter. Uh, just looking at my notes in here, um, scenes were often uh, recorded um, even outdoors and stuff. And sometimes entire shows uh, were recorded in front of an audience. Or obviously um, things would be played to the audience for um, a natural laughter. Um, most episodes of Only Fools and Horses were done like that, for example. And what else have I got? Uh, Hold on, so you're telling me like... Uh, Only Fools and Horses, was it like a cinema kind of setup then, where they just record the, the laughter of the people and add it in afterwards? Do you think? To my knowledge, they w- it would be done in sort of like a BBC in a BBC studio with um, minimal sort of audience there at the time of filming, I, I believe. It's a bit, like, a bit like Mrs. Brown's Boys, essentially. Yeah, I yeah. Just but the most um, mental sense of I know, I know that, I don't um, know why. In, in the in the seventies and eighties, in the seventies and eighties, it was actually company policy though, um, for you know BBC programs to be provided with a laugh track. Uh, Even the but, news. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah Twelve dead really, today. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it wasn't until it wasn't until like the nineties and stuff um, where comedy such as the royal family and stuff come along, uh, which uh, I believe the the royal family is presented in a, in a cinema. Virtue uh, format um, that didn't Jim feature Royal audio Friday laughter. Cast. 
And um, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but there was a lot of um, a lot of a fight for the royal family not to actually get a laugh track on the show, which I'll speak about later. But uh, yeah, during the seventies and eighties, uh, the BBC was pretty much, you know, it was compulsory to to, to require a, a laugh track uh, of of some kind uh, with with the show. Yeah, but going back to what I was talking about, the Douglas laugh box. Yeah, that was an American thing, and and that was probably in all American sitcoms from the seventies right up to the eighties, if not. God knows when later, even I don't know, but um, yeah, you were pretty much hearing you were hearing the same laughs in terms of um, American sitcoms and stuff at least. But um, I just say uh, I don't know I don't know too much about the British side of things. To my understanding, um, I probably, thought they probably used a lot of the same. I would imagine. Well, I thought I thought that they pretty much used the same thing. But when I look further into it, it appears that a lot were done with um, with with the studio audience. So. That's, well, that's something to look into, really. To um to to give you a bit of background, so through the lockdown thing, you know, I told you about I was doing studio audience bits online for different shows, and you know, like Graham Norton, I, I had watched Graham Norton and filmed the yeah live thing and all that. Well, I'd done one for a comedian on uh on BBC Radio Four, was it? And right. during that, like he went through his live set, and then um, at the time we were obviously laughing and through it. But then he would repeat some of his jokes at the end, like because they wanted to get his delivery better. But then they wanted us to ah, laugh again to get a better laugh track on certain things, so they could have their own laugh track. That goes back to get, not getting the right kind of laughs and stuff. That's why they would have had exactly, these triggered yeah. laughs in, you know. Yeah. So they, so I think they do record like laughs still for these shows, and it yeah. wouldn't surprise me if they have like a um, like a preview in for certain sitcoms, and then ah uh, yes, I think the that's scene. the case a lot of the time. Yeah. That's another thing. They they have a they have a, a little sort of like not VIPs as such, but they have yeah. these little sort of seminars then and whatnot and showings of and things like. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I I I think it's not always necessary though. I watched a lot of stuff and it seems very over the top and always and sometimes it's always there in the background, just ah, ah, very likely in the background, and it's just like tittering away. You know, you know it's, it's like it's not needed. You like. don't you, you don't have it in comedy films, so why do you need it in comedy TV shows? Good point. No, you know, because people who watch Italian are fucking stupid than aren't they? <laughs> stupid the only, than aren't they? The uh, the only only fools the only only fools and horses not to have the laughter tracks in with the Christmas specials apparently. Just looking through my uh, my brief notes. I thought the I thought the one where they went to America, where he was mistaken for a gangster, didn't have a laugh track either. <laughs> That's class. I love Could that. well be. Um, was that the one where there's, there's, sure. there's two Dells in it? There's two Dells. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's a great episode. That is. I'm sure that didn't again. have a laugh track. I'm sure it didn't. A touch of frost didn't have a laugh track either. <laughs> <laughs> I should have. That would have been better. Uh, yeah, but as, as I say, it wasn't until it wasn't until the nineties and stuff where, where you had. Uh, them kind of shows come along that I think they started to uh, to do it and you know things like the, the UK office and whatnot, um, stuff like that and uh, and many things have been inspired uh, uh, since to uh, yeah. to sort of drop that really. I yeah. think there are some there are some shows on telly that could probably do with a laugh track because they're fucking shit. But <laughs> any examples? Any examples? Uh, Dairy Girls does it have a laugh track. I don't think it does. <laughs> Dairy Girls. Uh, Line, Girls. Of, Line of Duty needs a laugh track. It's, um, there's there's a lot of shows that not to jump the gun too far there, but there's a lot of yeah. shows that out at the moment that 
I've totally gone over my head. Things like Friday Night Dinner, Dairy Girls is another one. Shows that I've just never seen. Um, outnumbered? Do you ever see Outnumbered? Outnumbered, never really Two seen dance. that. Never seen Gogglebox. Um, Gogglebox crap. I can't know. Gogglebox is more of... Um, it's more reality TV. Reactionary, reactionary yes, isn't it? Watch, yeah, reactionary. Watching and, and discussing. And again, um, that was originally voiced by Caroline Ahern from Royal Family. And then it was... Obviously, she died, sadly. And uh, Craig Cash from Royal Family... Uh, took over on the old uh, so it's kind of a royal family reference within his, within itself really we got a I'm fan not, anyway boys I'm uh, I, I'm not a fan of Gavin and Stacey I don't know if that's an unpopular opinion we'll be speaking about that later we'll get on that later we'll get on that yeah, later we'll be speaking but, about yeah. later I'm going to start through the decades for now though through yeah. the uh, crack on crack I'm going to go I'm going to start from the 60s that's what I'm going to start from um, you know uh, we, were, we were still we were still in black and white at that time but, um, well, I mean, Fish God was in black and white till about uh, 2000 or something, wasn't it? But um, <laughs> yeah, we, were still in, we were still in black and white. Um, we're still going we're out ste- to the southwest of Wales. <laughs> <laughs> um, Stepdown step Sun, I'm going to start with. Are you familiar with. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I am. Harold! Are you familiar with. Um, you dirty old man. Are you familiar with that at all? Stepdown Sun? Yeah, Dragon Born Men, played by Wilfred Bramble and. Harold H. Corp uh, and uh, was him Harry H. Corbett, sorry, uh, and he called himself Harry H. Corbett actually, um, because there was uh, somebody with with uh, the name Harry Corbett at the time, and when they when they asked um, Harry H. Corbett why he called what the H stood for, you know, what I was, he said it stands for anything. That's a little fact for you. But um, what a joker. <laughs> yeah, uh, step down, son. Step down, son. Um, uh, was uh, from 19, uh, 1962 to 1965, and then a second run came in from 1970 to 1974, as well as two film adaptions of the series, uh, Stepdown Son and Stepdown Son Rides Again. I don't uh, know that. Rides Again. <laughs> if we're talking, it's like a Mad origins, Max. <laughs> if we're talking um, early, early origins of, of uh, British comedy, Stepdown Son would absolutely um, come in. I mean, Wilfred Bramble also played Paul McCartney's grandfather in the Beatles uh, film A Hard Day's Night as well. Little, little fact. Christ. Have you uh, seen yeah. those? Father, uh, father and Son duo, Albert and Harold Steptoe, uh, a dirty old man uh, who often got in the way of his sort of um, son's dreams and ambitions and sort of held him back, really. He wasn't, Cock blocker, wasn't he? Wasn't he? Very nice fella, really. Cock blocker. Um, sounds like the plot of Leprechaun too. Have, have you seen have you seen <laughs> these adaptions? Are, are they... Um, Leprechaun is Warwick Davis. It is, yeah, but the the plot the plot to Leprechaun Two is pretty much what you just described there with, with that. Oh, okay, right. That I, what, what I was just talking about my ass, but do you know there's a, adaptions? Are they actual? Are they, are they like film versions with the same actors, or are they like new versions completely with different actors? No, they, feature they, length. Stepdown Son were just for feature length movies. Um, ah, right. I okay. Think I was they were both say, in color as well. Never, never fucking heard of them, to be honest. The uh, the, early, the earlier series of Stepdown, I say, were in were in uh, black and white, but then it sort of transitioned in, into color as time went on. Now, Errol. Uh, yeah, so uh, I don't think anyone's ever seen that show at all. It's uh, Rag and Bone. It's yeah, obviously it. uh, heavily influenced your, your Rag and Bone men. You see driving around today, you're um, uh, yeah, quite yeah. 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 scrap yeah. with yourself, please, kind of say, with the, you know, the megaphones and stuff you see around and uh, whatnot. It's a very popular um, industry at the moment, actually, scrap metal. Yeah. Uh, I had some, someone came to take my body. Scrap body metal. Because the people yeah, took see, plenty of them about, left plenty of them now. It's so, a uh, very I popular am. thing. But back in the day, they were called Rag and Bone Men. Not quite sure why they're called Rag and Bone Men. Why, um, why the bone? 
Do you anyone know who we called Dragon Ball Men? I assumed it was some sort of Cockney rhyming slang, personally. I could be wrong. I don't know, you've got the artist Dragon Ball Man as well, haven't you? you know, the, uh, yeah. I'm only human after all. You've got him now as well, haven't you? So I don't really know what um, the Dragon Ball thing came from. Dragon that was Ball a cracking f- rendition, that was. It was really good, though. Do you want me, really good, <laughs> Dog- you want me to consult? Dragon Ball is phone, so Dragon Ball is... Yeah, go for uh, it. Rags. Old rags. Would they have collected old rags? Would they have collected old bones? Bring uh, out your I, dead. I, I couldn't tell you. If anyone does know, again, leave a... Uh... But I'm not dead. But, uh, so he says, isn't yes, it? Yes. Um, Monty Python film, man. Is... <laughs> Bring out your dead. I remember that. And it's in Discworld. It's Discworld another, I was doing, it's another yeah, English. There's uh, so many Discworld references. Uh, sorry, Python references in, in Discworld, especially the Discworld games, because Eric Idle is the main voice. Oh, Christ, um, that he is. Is he now? No, I didn't know that. Eric Idle's Rincewind. And you get... Um, what's the guy from... Baldrick from uh, Blackadder does loads of background Tony, characters. Well. Sir, Tony Robinson. On a complete, complete... Sir, on Tony a complete aside, not when I recommend everyone going for the hassle of playing Discworld 1 and 2. But just go on YouTube and look at a playthrough. Because it's it's basically a fully voice acted point and click game. So you can watch like a six hour video of someone playing the whole game and you just get this six hour crappily video? animated yeah. you know. Do you get sto- do you get different outcomes, different endings and uh, is it one of them kind of things? No, it's not. It's it's like a puzzle game, so you have to like find your way to the end. But it's a puzzle game with Eric Idle and he has all these stupid things to say about everything. It's it's great, man. It's good. Um, if you like I've Discord, got, otherwise don't. I've, <laughs> I've got I've got the the Wikipedia definition of Rag and Bone Man. Oh, thank you, Richard. Yes, uh, I think so I bought you enough time. Man or, <laughs> or Rag Picker or Rag Man, old clothes man, junk man or junk dealer. It is a US thing. Also right. called Bone Grabber, Bone Picker, Rag Gatherer, Bag Board or Tartar. Why the bone bit though, right? So they collect unwanted household items and sell sell them to merchants. Traditionally, this was a task performed on foot. Um, so basically, they used to pick up old clothes and bones back in the bone. day. So rag like and bone, dog bones and things, and like uh, you know, old yeah. meat, old meat and stuff like. Just says bits bones. of old meat <laughs> on the back and things, and yeah, I think it was just Stringer, rubbish, basically, it? just rubbish. And oh. I think I think it's more rag than bone by the looks, but yeah. Well, I know I know locally that um, uh, I live in the 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 Ronda in uh, in South Wales, and. Uh, a lot of people here over a certain age, with all due respect, I'm having a proper attack at the Welsh today. Um, they tend to, they tend to call it the the Ashman, and not yeah. the the designated refuse collector. So they'd be like, "Oh, oh the Ashman's yeah, coming Thursday. Yeah. You know, get your black bin bags out. Um, the Ashman's coming. He comes about eleven o'clock. Anything between eleven to about one o'clock in the afternoon. But they're yeah. like, oh yeah, the Ashman's coming. I think. And, I think you know, they... somebody somebody anywhere else in the world would be like. The Ashman, what's the Ashman like? You know, that, that's what it is. That's how it goes. I think I told you this story before, Gar, when I was in my English lesson in year <laughs> eight in school. And my English teacher was one of those people who used to call it the Ashman, right? And it was on a Wednesday. And she looks out the window and she says to the class, like, I always, I always know it's Wednesday when I see the Ashman coming to collect the bins in the street. And I said, is that why they call it Ash Wednesday, miss? And she went in fits of laughter. Now, like, I was that's, really quick for me. You've bloody done about this, one. That was quick for me. That's like, What do you mean comedy roles? But, like, but like, my, like, people in the class just, like, <laughs> nah. <laughs> so, it's like... What, well, a fellow deaf ears, possibly? But she brought she brought that up in um in That was like a that was like time. <laughs> Did she really? <laughs> yeah. What's um, the next thing we're going to move on to, um, to get what Sean's eating his sarnie, um, is 
I mean, this is this is extremely iconic. Dad's Army. I mean, I imagine you've all seen Dad's Army at one point. Yeah. Uh, Dad's Army, for the benefit of the tape, a BBC sitcom um, focused around the Home Guards during the Second World War. Now, the Home Guards were made up of local volunteers, otherwise uh, ineligible for military service. A lot of older gentlemen, um, also people who were exempt from being in uh, the military due to their... Uh, certain roles or professions within society as well. And this was broadcast from 1968 to 1977. Um, however, there was um, a recent remake in recent years, if you remember, that had uh, Blake Harrison from The Inbetweeners in there and, and certain people like that. But uh, yeah, mm-hmm. Dad's Army, uh, 1968 yeah. to 1977. Great show uh, based around the, the British Home Guards. Very great show, a lot of memorable catchphrases. Don't tell him Pike. I mean, uh, you know, if I was to shout that out, most people would know what I was talking about. Um, great show. Very great show. Uh, good performances from Mo Clive then. Permission to speak, sir. Permission to speak. You know, it's uh, a great show. What can I say? Um, is that what that's from? I didn't realise you'd... Uh, what's that, sorry? But I, I, is, that what I, is that what that's from? I didn't realise you'd borrowed that like catchphrase. You say that. No, right? not necessarily. He just... I know I know. Corporal Jones always asks for... Um, Permission to speak that before talking to Mr. Manor, Captain Mannering. Um, he was a butcher, I believe, wasn't he? Corporal Jones. They all had professions in it. Captain Mannering, Captain Mannering was a um, uh, a banker, I believe. And um, I remember what their professions were. Yeah, um, Jones was a Jones was a butcher because they often turned up to their little uh, their little out, uh, outdoor exercises and stuff. They often turned up in Jones's butcher van and stuff. Uh, maybe Richard's familiar with Dad's Army at all a bit more yeah, than me. Or, I, I, uh, not not so much. Like I have watched it, but it wasn't one of the the main ones that I like to watch, to be honest with you. But I I did watch it when I was younger. I, I know that it was it was on the same time as the usual ones you get on like UK TV, basically. It Golden. Was, it? Those three. You always had you always had the old um you always had the old air raid timer at the end. Yeah. At the end, didn't they? I I always enjoyed the end when they were sort of like walking along and. I love I used to love the intro that in the end and whatnot. Um again that's a show that's a show that um originally started with some black and white episodes and then slowly yeah. moved into colour. Ah, but now I've got to move on to the the, the lost media thing we're talking about. They're actually missing episodes of Dad's Army. Um the first two series were screened in black and white. Um while series while series three to nine were recorded in colour. Um uh, even so, one episode in series three, uh, the episode called Rupert at the Bottom, formerly only survived in black and white um, and remains on the official DVDs in that form. Uh, the episode, however, has since, has since benefited from um, colour uh, technology. Um, yeah, but there are missing episodes, um, which are... They can are, do that they're really good, can't they? It's, it's fucking... There well, are, like, re- um, recolorizing old episodes, kind of. Yeah, they did that <sighs> film, didn't they, for World, World three, War Two? Three second series episodes um, remain missing. Called? Episode 9, The Loneliness of the Long Distance Walker. Episode 11, A Stripe for Fraser. And episode 12, Under Fire. Um, but all these um, episodes were remade a few years back um, with new actors and, like, you know, people playing the parts. These missing episodes were remade into uh, sort of new episode i think it was for um for like uk gold possibly but uh yeah there are there are missing episodes of um of uh of dad's army and it's i think these were these were also performed in a state show of dad's army as well if, uh, it's funny you mentioned me mentioned well. uh missing episodes i was watching community not so long ago on netflix you know community the uh, no, it was it, american great show, yeah, great show. 
But um, there's one episode on there that I really enjoy that's not on Netflix. Can you, right. can you think Can you think about I've seen one? I've seen pretty much all the episodes of that, so refresh my memory on the episode that you... Take, 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 a, take, take a punt. Have a, have a think, because I know exactly which one's missing. And, uh, two to one. Two to what one. series are we talking? Early on in Community or later? Oh, we're talking mid-season. I'm going to... Right, okay. My question to thee then was, was Chevy Chase still in the cast at the time? Yes. Old White Man Says. Right? Old, he's, he's an Old White Man Says? I'm a White Man Says. He was uh, Piers Hawthorne, Hawthorne Wipes. Um, in fact, know, it's, it's along the lines of, of the racial um, racial fault that the... the ah, so they've taken, it down, like. they've taken it down due to um, being offensive or... Yep. Uh, should, should I say what it is? You, you, you can see Yeah, that? I'm not aware of this. Yeah, it's the Dungeons and Dragons episode of Fat Neil. Oh, wait, that's a great episode. It's fantastic, isn't it? I was super gutted when it was When he bench playing uh, Dungeons and Dragons, that's a great episode. It's, it's because, you know, Chang. Chia uh, Chan, played by uh, Ken Jong, is how you say it? Ken yeah. Jong, yeah. It, yeah, yeah. He does blackface. Yeah, he's dressed. Well, he's, he, it's, it's not. That's, it's not. It's not even with. blackface. He's like dressed up as a goblin, and he's like all ah. black, like completely. Ah. It's like those old. It's the same uh, for. Um, it's the same for Little Britain, Britain and stuff. Unfortunately, yeah. with yeah. Um, the minstrels, with Matt they Lucas and uh, David Walliams. Unfortunately, a lot of that was. Um, I know he's done like a church pastor and things, and um, yeah, that was amazing. Uh, not Bubbles Devere, but there was an, another sort of. Um, Woman he played, um, I can't remember the name now, but yeah, he's, he's done done quite a bit, unfortunately, in there, and uh, I think uh, <laughs> it's, uh, that's the end of that. Is was 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 it the Britain pulled off like uh, Netflix and streaming platforms and whatnot? And yeah, because they had the two racist really? uh, grannies as well, didn't they? Oh, that's right. Yeah, she, yeah. It's like this. This was made by whoever, you know, yeah. Cake or whatever. I've met David Williams and Matt Lucas. I've met them in character. Um, it was a Virgin Megastore signing. I was in school at the time. Um, whether I, I skipped uh, school for the day, I can't confirm or deny. But um, I met um, David Williams and Matt Lucas dressed as Lou and Andy in the Virgin Mega Store, which is now a Tesco. Uh, I know it. In I saw Slipcard in Center. And I was wearing a hat at the time, and uh, they signed my DVD at all as well. They signed my DVD, I got it somewhere. And, um, and when I walked away, um, uh, Lucas, obviously Andy, shouts, I like your hat. And then, and then, and then, and then, as I go, she has, and he was like, "I don't like it." He, he actually did that to me. He did that. He did. He done it. Never get that. Like he signed, uh, signed first series as well. Signed first series of it. I had the but, script uh, of the first season show, in book form. It was, it was really good. I enjoyed. I enjoyed Come Fly with me as well. The, uh, the oh, yeah, I quite enjoyed that. I didn't find that funny at all. I won't like to. I don't. I don't know what was so different about it. It's the same kind of. Ah, well, that, that, that had blackface character because you had the character of, of um, yeah. uh, Precious who worked in the in the coffee oh, store. Yeah. So I, I don't. What think about the legal gentleman? Be, uh... Would would the one of our some pegs, Dave? Would that count as blackface? Because he's a genuine. Um, legal legal gentleman is an interesting one because the first season of Legal Gentleman had a laugh track in it, but the second series is where they pulled the plug in the laugh track. Ah. Uh, which works so much better with the laugh track, but um, I should have mentioned that just now, actually, when we were talking about the laugh track thing. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, Papa Lazarou, I don't really know if that counts. He's more of a sort of, um, like a shaman type thing, I think, and he's so... Uh... Yeah. Kind of Baron Samedi kind of looking. Hello, yeah, 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 you know, he's kind of, well, I, I don't know, I don't know, it's a great Speaking show, of, um, great so that's very a show. Good show. Speaking of episodes getting pulled, my, my background here, there's some choice language in, in some of the Forty Towers episodes. 
Is, is, oh is God! That, I, one, of them, still one of them, one of them was taken streaming? down, possibly, or I think, or one of them was removed off certain platforms. I, I think it was removed, but haven't they edited it since? So they've put the episode back up, but they've taken out the offending bit. Do you know what, the the pat, what was offensive within, though? It was the uh, flagrant use of the, uh, the N-word by the major character, the old yeah. guy. Oh, um, uh, wait a minute. Morning, Paul. Here. Yeah, that's right. Paper's ready yet? I thought you were just going to flat out say it. This cast is, is going to be a lot of um, familiarization through uh, vocal uh, impressions uh, of certain characters. Um, yeah. It'd be all too easy to just say old oh, Betty and things like that, wouldn't it? But uh, yeah, we. Uh, that's it, though. Um, I, I, as, I, as I speak through, for the benefit of the tape, as I speak through this. Um, sort of walkthrough of British comedy, you'll notice a lot of occasions where I say that certain shows of the time and era perhaps don't sit so well now and perhaps are seen yeah. as a little bit, you know, offensive or a certain to, use of words confirm, and yeah, phrases and what like that. You'll, you'll see that as it, as it goes along though. So we this this will be a reoccurring theme that keeps popping up, you know, what, what were you talking now basically. It is what it is now. Things are getting pulled, you know, we're fully aware of that. Um, you know, we... Different, different times, isn't it? Different times, but yeah. basically, it's different times. But uh, yeah, I got an article here. Um, consequence of sound randomly. Um, June the twelfth, twenty twenty. John Cleese calls removal of Faulty Towers episode that uses N word stupid. He says decision was made by executives who were attempting to pacify people and hang on to their jobs. He's he's very outspoken in uh, British modern British humour, uh, John Cleese. Because he said, old school as well. he said, he said long ago that the reason he left the UK was because that Britain had lost its sense of humour, basically, and that they were censoring everything left and right, and you couldn't do the jokes you can do. I get, thing is, I can get where he's saying, but then there are certain things which are yeah. deemed offensive. You it can't just really hasn't, say you it. can't, yeah, it just hasn't aged, is it? It hasn't aged no. with the, the rest. I've been, like, I've been moving on to that heavily in about five minutes' time, actually. It's the Germans episode as well, isn't it? So it's like proper. Yeah. Don't mention the war. I know. Yeah, it's well. just got those random like racist you know. major right at the start of it. Like it's just, yeah. yeah. It's a bit tongue yeah. deaf. If you wa- if you watch it now, you realise it's like oh fucking hell, that's a bit. You know. Yeah. It doesn't really. It's just jarring. But uh, I see what he's saying. It's like they censored. Um, sorry, going on a massive tangent. What was it? That fuck. What's that terrible Pogues song? The Christmas one. in New York. Yeah. Yeah. Like they've they've taken words out of that as well. Now on yeah. radio I believe stuff. when it was when it was played on the radio last, it was um, like it was your cheap and your haggard. It was changed to, which but Christy McCall must have originally recorded different parts though, to be able to fit the clean version, well a cleaner version of it. In. So there must have been um, a different take at least to use the vocals of. It must be obviously. It wasn't. No it wasn't intended as any sort of insult, was it? Like well, it was in yeah. in the sense that what people think it means these days it wasn't used in that regard was it when it was recorded i'm not sure i thought sure. they were playing characters it, it's, it's also it's sure. the, the, the language though richard is also fitting within the story don't forget as exactly, well yeah. Yeah, 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 if you look yeah. at the video and you look at the, the tale and the story it's extremely fitting so it's just it's part of the narrative and uh, yeah. that's what shane mcgowan has said as well it's just part it's just part of the narrative yeah. isn't it? it is what it is really yeah what i did want to move on to though um which would be my last thing within this decade was um, Till Death Us Do Part, the character of Alf Garnet, and because this also ties in with the sort of um, 
uh, racial derogatory terms and the cancellation of. Long story short, you probably never, ever, 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 ever see um, Till Death Is Do Part um, on television again. Uh, are you I've aware of the show at all before I go any further or not? I've gone no, ahead. no, never heard of that one. I'm not. Yeah, uh, various um, um, drops of, a uh, name drops, of, I can't even say the words, but towards, you know, sort of people of colour and stuff. Um, even uh, even uh, the Liverpudlians, uh, you know, he's scouse get and stuff. He says, and uh, it's. Uh, but again, it was very fitting of the time, and he he was like a working class sort of man, uh, very traditional sort of uh, male, very opinionated. Um, yeah, that ran Sounds from like my old next door neighbour. So no one like <laughs> That ran from 19, that ran from nineteen sixty five to nineteen seventy five. And then um, a sequel, a sequel then called In Sickness and in Health, um, ran from nineteen eighty five to nineteen ninety two. And if you if you see the the theme, the theme is sort of like the wedding vows theme. In Sickness and in Health, the death is to part. You see what I mean? So um, it'll run from that. But yeah, um, pardon me. You won't see you won't see um, I've got I show you on any streaming platforms or or television. I, I've ne- or, I've never seen it, but from the way you're describing, it's like um, people in these shows are characters of like real people like you know they, they're just yeah, pushed exactly. to the extremes yeah. isn't it you know yeah, it's yeah. it's it's a character that um we, we we're supposed to see how like out of touch this man is uh, you yeah know, and so exactly. like the, the same goes it was a, there was a show that ran in the 70s called love thy neighbor and the same the same thing with that ran from 1972 to 1976 by the way and that was the very much the same thing um you know there was a fella is 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 um uh, his next door neighbour moved in and stuff and obviously he was sort of like of some sort of African descent or whatever and um, yeah a lot of lot of like racial terms back and forth to each other from both sides and stuff but again you know they, they won't show that now but that was again I was sort of supposed to sort of represent the sort of bigoted sort of um, it reminds me it's not the same as it reminds me of it's the character basically so it's not necessarily Racist as such because it's about it's it's, it's it's a character and it's supposed to get us to what to understand. It's showing yeah, showing how ridiculous it is. Like yeah, it reminds yeah, me yeah, of like yeah. um, skinhead types who, who like watch This Is England or like American History X, uh, Romper Stomper and all those types of films and, and and they think it's great and they completely miss the fact that it's like <laughs> it's the exact fucking opposite. Yeah. Like like well, just yeah, glorifying yeah, yeah. like the violence and stuff and it's like you've totally missed the the point. Um, I had this uh, discussion recently online with some people because I was writing something and I had like a racist character and I was like, how do you write a racist character? W- you know, because are you basically channeling in racism that is there? Or, you know, and there was people online who were literally saying shit like that. It was like, you cannot write a racist character unless you are somewhat racist. And I was like, that's absolute fucking bullshit. But it's like, you just got to get into the mindset of them. You're like anything. You, so you create the character, you get into the mindset of that's it. It's like uh, you know, Tropic Thunder, where uh, is it Ben <laughs> Ben Stiller? What a hard question. You know what? I weren't, I I I wasn't even gonna mention that media. Funny enough, but yeah, it, that's 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 it. I was gonna go yeah. more along the lines of uh, Ben Stiller when he plays the mentally challenged person. That doesn't necessarily okay, yeah, mean yeah, yeah. he's challenged himself. You know what I mean? But yeah, now you mentioned Downey Jr. It's kind of same thing. Well, I mean, is 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 is. Whilst we're on the subject of this sort of um, offence within within um, you know comedy, would, would that be considered offensive, perhaps Robert Downey Jr.'s character? But no, I, I think, think it has yeah. been considered. Has yeah, been. most definitely. But it was, <laughs> yeah. it was a it was a massive risk they were taking because that was modern day 
more yeah. pretty much. It was like ten years ago, give or take. But I think I it, ten years though, he was parodying something like that, perhaps. Again, it's a parody of that type of character yeah. you would get in those action films. You know, yeah. no one, no one calls out Trauma's War from from the Trauma guys who did the exact same thing. But oh, it's Trauma because this splatter is fine. But they, it's, it all, you know, all they were doing was taking the tropes. Th- think of the, 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 you know, the the token gun-toting black guy like from like Predator and stuff. Yeah. It's just like it's that where it's taking the piss out. I'm not them defending it. But like it's it, like it's, black it's, it's oh, no, no. movies t- take the piss out of it, yeah. I know those are black those black exploitation though. And they they're full of black actors and it's different. So it's like it's True. it's a it's tricky like Terry, subject. Terry Crews in the expendables is that is that uh, gun toted black guy as well. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen the expendables with uh, um, I have never seen ones. this expendable. I've never seen I've seen the first one. Uh, I think how many is here? About three, you know? Three, I think. There's fucking loads, yeah. They're no, enjoyable. They're, they're not. They're nothing like amazing, but they're just sort of enjoyable popcorn flicks. Like. So yeah, just to just to recap, I think that's what Tropic Thunder were trying to like, pat, you know, take the piss out of. But I, I whether I think it didn't really hit the mark. To be honest with you, not them defending that, but there we are. I'm just. <laughs> I think I that's what they were going Tropic for. Thunder myself. Oh, it's fucking uh, terrible. <laughs> I, I, I like. I like. A, I like. Tom Cruise is really good in it. Tom Cruise. I like a little screen time that um, Steve Coogan has. He's, he's in here for all of uh, yeah. thirty minutes, perhaps, and he point dies. Old. Uh, the Partridge. I also uh, once hated uh, it. Watched it the second time. Loved every second of it. It's fucking brilliant. It's the same in uh, Hot Fuzz, isn't it? Steve Coogan's like thirty seconds in total. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Small cameo. Um, <laughs> oh, my whiskey just went down the wrong wall. I'm dying. Oof. I will. Oh. I, I will move on to um, whilst we're in whilst we're in the, the decade and the and the right area. Um, I will move on to Monty Python's Flying Circus though. Um, which uh, aired on the BBC in 1969. Uh, of uh, nice. four series of was made up, and obviously we fully aware of all the the, the film that spawned from. But yep. what do you play the Flying Circus? Uh, I mean, I imagine uh, Richard has Quite watched in. that quite a bit. Tom has watched it. Um, yeah. Sean, it's pining for much? the fjords. It's fucking great. I love Monty Python. I am a typical like yes, the person uh, you see. Oh, I love Monty Python. Can you like name I one mean, sketch from one episode? And they like. Crickets. <laughs> well, I mean, it's heavily influential, no doubt. I suppose uh, to the whole umbrella of of British comedy. There was yeah. there was a lot of silliness in uh, the Flying Circus, though. Yeah, there was, that's the it, point. It, it, though. It was, it, no, I know, but like sometimes it was, you know, you know when something's too silly, it's just too. It's silly ridiculous, to isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's like sometimes it's, it's just like that. But then you know. They are very clever at the same time and doing a lot of other sketches which are, you know, really clever. So and that shows. I think that shows through more in the films than it does in the TV show. That's what I think anyway. There's there are some very notable sketches though. Um, Spanish Inquisition. That's what I'm trying to think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. City walks. Was that was that in there as well? Yeah, City walks. Ministry. Ah, uh, what else? The parrot one. Was that in there? The parrot um, yes. for the fields. Yeah. Uh, what else? What else? What else? And the argument <laughs> one. You know I come in here for an argument. No, no, you didn't. Yes, I did. Oh yeah, yes, yeah. I like that. That's a good one. That's a good one. That's a good one. Um, I watched. I watched the thing they did not not too long ago on uh, when they all reunited and stuff. And a lot of a lot of them a lot of them sketches they uh, they redid for that as well. Thing is though, the, like the one it was like the most dead faced kind of deadpan faced one was it uh chapman he, he died chapman, like, yeah. he, he's the one that died yeah. and like he was one of the best ones so when they did it later on and stuff he was missing it was quite noticeable What's but the... like it's not you know and obviously um terry gillian terry gilliam terry gilliam i think it's gilliam, gilliam. Yeah. gilliam. Yeah. gilliam. Yeah. gilliam. Yeah. gilliam. loads gilliam. of films and stuff he's a really good director yeah. 
So we she did were, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Um, she were um, Graham Chapman. Was, didn't all the Pythons say that he was the best actor of them all? Like I think that's why he always had the lead role in like the. Yeah, film. he was like the main yeah. the main bit, wasn't he? He's yeah. always the main guy. Like so, you know, not the, not the yeah. supporting actors. Really. It's like the Stegans, isn't it? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I just went really. there. I compared us to Monty Python. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like us, really? Yes, like us. Yeah, compared us to Monty Python. Fucking hell. Eric Idle's my favorite Python. I think. Like, I like Michael Palin as well. But he does a lot of serious stuff, doesn't he? Michael Palin. He's a lot of documentaries. He does a lot of, and, does a lot of your travel documentaries. Yeah, don't forget exactly. too, doesn't he? Well, Dad got loads of Michael Palin books, like uh, traveling books. And, well, Michael Palin they on the world. They've diversified mind, haven't they? They've all diversified. Who do you reckon's done the best? It's got to be either Fry or... Fry? Uh, yeah, what? I, I, I Fry? Yeah, I... Sorry, sorry. Hello, Shirley. <laughs> I'm thinking of a different fucking group. <laughs> I'm crazy. He's thinking of a Norrie, son. Yeah. I know. He's thinking of Blackadder. is coming up, son, not yet. I think I'll, um, I'll hold my horses till end. I think so. Ter- Terry <laughs> Jones is probably the most obscure. The rest of them have done quite well. Not them saying oh, Terry Jones. Terry. Is, um, is Terry Jones the, anim- the one who does all the animations? That was Terry Gillam, I think, wasn't it? He, he was like the the he was like you know like Richard is for us, and he like does all the He's technical the big red shit. Of the operation. I'm pretty sure Terry, Terry Gillam was. <laughs> Let's have a look. I'm gonna Google there. Uh, oh, um, they, they they basically Terry, done all that themselves. Did didn't Terry, Terry Gilliam? He did loads of the music as well. I wasn't at his. I'm not sure because I'm sure. I know he, he, did, I know he was like the. He did all the cartoons and stuff. He in, did the stuff for Spam a lot as well. I remember. That was that was made Eric Idle sort of uh, brainchild on his Spam a lot. I, I thought. think Eric Idle did did the the lyrics. Didn't he write write the actual song, the lyrics of the songs? But I'm sure. Yeah, well, he did. I could, I could be grave, com- I could be completely he? wrong on this, but he did one foot in the grave. So let's not forget. He did, yeah. which will be coming up later. I think going back to your question on who's probably done the best. So I would say it's either a toss-up between John Cleese and Michael Palin. I'd say it's going to be one of those two. Well, I mean, Cleese, Cleese and Palin are household names. Like, let's yeah. be honest. Yeah. Terry was Terry Jones was a bit of a uh, like a back not background guy, but with Terry Gilliam, he, he co-directed all the three of the films with Terry yeah. Gilliam. He also wrote the original draft of Labyrinth, the movie, <laughs> random <laughs> and uh, just random shit like that. I could go on. And he's well. Did they, not, did they actually do all the animation well, themselves? I'm pretty sure Terry Gilliam did it. I'm almost one, of, one of the Terry's did it. Which one? No, Terry confuses me. One of the Terry's did it. Well, don't forget. Don't forget. <laughs> in the Holy Grail, one of them died, so they had to erase the monster. Don't forget. <laughs> yeah. I know. George Harrison had a lot to do with the funding, didn't he? Of Monty, of, he uh, Monty Python's uh, Life of Brian, didn't he? He was a massive fan of the of Monty Python. I'm sure he's got like a very small like background scene. Or it's when the guy comes out of the rock. I think the, the, the hermit fella. I'm sure oh, he's. Yeah. Um, Actually, George Harrison is in that little scene by there for a brief second. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah. The, the Python films are, I think they are, like if you were going to show someone a, a British comedy film, I'd always say it's like either The Holy Grail, Life of Brian, and I'd probably chuck Hot Fuzz in as well. I think they are like the prime examples of <laughs> a, a true British comedy film. I think I said that oh, yes. on, on a previous cast yeah. when we done the film ones. Yeah. Um, yeah so... Before I, before I move on, for the benefit of the tape, have I left anything out of the sort of of the sort of early era, the sixties era? Uh, I don't really know if I have. Please, please, um, uh, if you are watching the video, leave a comment, or if you are listening in, send us a message on various uh, platforms. But um, that's my take on the sort of early sixties and fifties, uh, sixties eras of stuff. 
even something like a hidden gem that we've probably never watched. Like there must something be something that flown completely under the there radar. There must be something that uh, you know, there must be something that I, I've I've missed. Uh, I, I imagine, and I I I, I uh, profusely uh, apologize if um, there is anything that um, I have missed. Uh, I really do apologize. Um, it probably is. It probably is to be honest. But, uh, yeah, but yeah, I've gone right up to the late sixties yeah. now. So um, and this this is this is Richard's uh, speciality by year. Oh, I'm now going. I'm now going into the seventies, uh, where we had two little chaps, uh, the two Ronalds, uh, the two Ronnies. Um, so this is where things start to get good. Uh, the two Ronnie yeah. sketch show, uh, aired from nineteen seventy one to nineteen eighty seven. I didn't realise he ran for so long. Of course, starring um, Ronnie Barker and the beloved little Ronnie Corbett. Um, somewhat a variety show. Um, also included sketches, um, sort of like serial stories and little things going on, um, as well as uh, various musical numbers and finales as well. I know Richard very much enjoys Two Ronnies oh, and yeah. is very familiar with the work of, so we, we're going to talk about the Two Ronnies. Let's get him in here. There's a comedy cast, the Two Ronnies. There we go. Yeah, yeah, two Ronnies. They are like for me, you know, you know, like when when we do these little Steedcast sketches that we we produce and all that. I aspire to have sketches as clever as two Ronnies one day. Like I was oh, anywhere near. Clever. They're not anywhere near the level of two Ronnies currently. It's, but one it's day like, it's I like, want you yeah, really clever. It's just the comedy. It, it, it's the it's, wordplay. It's yeah. sort of innuendo. Or it's sort of. It's, it's, it's so really clever. In your endo. It's uh, well, yeah, exactly. Uh... <laughs> but yeah, the, the the comedy is very <laughs> clever, and it's it's just it's structured so well. And it's not just it's not just the way it's structured and everything. It's it's their delivery, like both of them, especially I think Ronnie Ronnie Barker more so. I think he's got such a great delivery of comic lines because he can memorize like ridiculous amounts of information and spew them out like perfectly. Without oh, really, Christ, all the tongue know, twisters and stuff. I'm the like tongue, tongue twisters, twisters and everything like that. And it's all one, one shot, you know, most of the oh, time it's all, it's all one shot and he just spews them off and he keeps a deadpan, straight face, doesn't crack up. And it's just such, a, like, a good example of that is the um, the sketch where they're in the bar and he's with a, a oh, group of friends. he's ordering the drinks. And he's ordering the drinks and Fuck. he's gradually getting more drunk and more drunk because he every time he orders a gin first for himself so he drinks a gin then he goes to the order and then he messes it up he goes back to the group which is all in the same shot he goes back to the group comes back and he eventually because it's like was it the the woman with the boobs wants uh you know something or other but then in the end he's like the the woman with the tall boobs and, and then he just keeps getting you know the, his lines just muddled up completely but he the woman with it. the strong boobs wants the boobs yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just he does it perfectly every what, what was the we were talking about the other day with the sort of um a sort of misheard sort of words thing and stuff uh, oh, mispronunciation was that mispronunciation particularly body with a feather and stuff and all that yeah, kind of that, stuff like. now that that <laughs> is insane because yeah, that that's, that's another great, shot that's and he just muddle he muddles up his words on purpose in one take entirely yeah, one, yeah, yeah. i don't know whether i don't know whether it was a first time one take but nevertheless he does it in one take and then they sing the national anthem at the end don't they it's the national anthem That's right. to the, it's it's another national is it like the rwandan national anthem to the oh, God, tune of god save the queen or something like that <laughs> and and it's isn't it like i am such an ass or something like that is it something like that? No, that's the American national anthem, isn't it? Is it? I can't remember. But yeah, they, they like messed that up completely. <laughs> what? It's yeah. yeah. If there's no, any Americans watching, they potassium. will be in. No, it's, no it's, it's, it's... All other countries have inadequate potassium. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, and obviously <laughs> probably, probably the most famous two Ronnie sketch is Four Candles, I would imagine. I'd oh, imagine, absolutely, yeah. Absolutely, Four Candles. You know, and even that, that's just wordplay, but really clever wordplay. Um, and there's and, a Forks mate, he's like me. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah the mastermind. Uh, speaking of Ronnie Corbett, the you know, to not just Ronnie Barry's, you know, Ronnie Corbett as well. His mastermind sketch is probably incredibly well known. Where his uh, his topic on mastermind was answering the previous question, pre- previous question after. So every every answer <laughs> was one question behind, and it just you know obviously it it sounds ridiculous when he's giving these answers to the wrong questions. Um, but getting them all right, so that, that 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 like stuff like that, like that's out of the box thinking, and you know I find that this you don't really get sketch shows like that anymore, like the two no, Ronnies, no, and I no, don't think you probably no. ever will. I mean, in, um, in the nineties, in the nineties, we had stuff like you know the Fast Show and Harry Enfield and Chums yeah. and things like that. There's probably about the, the closest to it, really. Not the nine o'clock news as well, you know. It's just stuff yeah, like yeah, I'll be moving on to uh, that actually, yeah. that because obviously that stemmed a lot of. Um, Things from that. We'll be speaking about that. Uh, You've got your Limmy show as well, son. The Scottish man. Oh, fucking Limmy. Oh, uh, Tom Titt's Scottish man. Welcome to the Limmy show. The Scottish man, Scottish yeah. man. Plays computer games for a living, no? But, uh, yeah, yeah, he's a Scottish man. He's, uh, he's, 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 what, is he the only British sketch show going at right now? Like, um, right, yeah, what sketch shows are going at the moment? That's a, that's um, a touchy one. Redblock, is, is that going in right now? No, sorry. <laughs> You watched stuff like Catherine Tate and things like that, uh, didn't you? Yeah. Or like um, Little Britain, like we mentioned as well, as a sketch show. Yeah. yeah. What, what have you got now, though? Have you got. Do they, do they exist? If they, do, I don't, if they do, I don't watch them. And not Line through choice, I just have to hear them. Right I, I don't know. I think sketch, sketch shows seem sort of like a, a late 90s to early 2000s sort of thing really yeah. I, mean, I, mean, I mean forgive me for speaking up the turn or maybe wrong but um, I, I don't think there's really sketch shows are a thing at the moment uh, go, no you're yeah, absolutely right there. Go, that's going a bad to, miss. Um, going back to, uh, to, to Ronnie's guy would you consider Ronnie uh, Barker the equivalent to a modern day rapper in terms of his word retention and, and word like absolutely flow. um absolutely um some 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 of the stuff he he was spitting out was was insane like yeah absolutely I, I, and the flow the flow the flow of his of his tongue twisters and stuff but he's also extremely versatile like you, you look at the other characters he's played and stuff like fletch in um porridge is completely different so, to um to um arkwright in uh in uh open all hours it's so different but it's the same guy but it's completely worlds apart different characters like so um extremely versatile you'd never think like they were the same actor like it's uh yeah very 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 versatile yeah they did um the two ronnies did come back briefly in the early 2000s i think it was 2004 sketchbook yeah two ronnie sketchbook which was um, was just it was just just a look back wasn't it essentially yeah just a a look back at some of the material um a sort of uh like the the mid two thousands sort of thing, I think. It was really, and I it was, I think um, uh, Ronnie Barker died really not not long after. No, Ronnie. That, really, as well. Yeah, Ronnie Barker died not long after that, but he looked really ill on, on that show. He was he very was thin sad, in there. Yeah, he yeah. was very thin. Bless him. Um, he looked very frail looking compared to what he was. He was always a larger type of character, wasn't he? He was mm. very frail looking in there. Yeah. But, uh, but remember even, the, the even, one the one Ronnie we even had. We we had the one Ronnie, didn't we? At one point, uh, we yeah. had the. Um, my blackberry's not working, didn't he? And he's like, um, oh, I didn't know with Harry Enfield. An apple. Remember that one? Yeah. It was with Harry Enfield. That was, wasn't it? With Harry Enfield as a shopkeeper, yeah. yeah. 
X, 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 Xbox 360 one out. Remember that Have you tried an Apple? Uh, yeah, no, that was uh, good. I enjoyed the one, yeah, Ronnie. I did yeah. enjoy that. It was a lot. Just, I just see a lot of like um, a lot of other people helping him out, like Harry Enfield and yeah. certain people. Things. Great just had a, that. Just had a brainwave. What was the what's the more recent one? It's a shopkeeper setting, and it's David Jason. Oh, still open all hours. Still open all hours. We're speaking about that. No, yes, we're speaking about that. Yeah, still open all hours. That's um, basically a spin-off that is. Um, well, I'm I, I, I prematurely speaking about this now, but there's a spin-off that. Uh, My apologies. It's just Granville, basically. Um, from yeah. from the show. Yeah, we speak about that. No, yes. Alright, not a problem. Um, before I move on, though, um, I want to talk a little bit more about that era. Um. What I want to move on to next, though, is, and this is a big one, because um, this is the, <laughs> let me get this right, this is the longest running comedy programme in Britain, and longest running sitcom in the world, and Richard knows exactly what this is, the longest running sitcom in the world, what is that, Richard, what is that? It's uh, Last of Summer Wine. Last of Summer Wine, indeed. Yeah. Last of Summer Wine, uh, broadcast on the BBC from 1973 um, right up as recently as 2010. I believe there were 31 series of it, if I'm correct. I think it was 31, if my memory serves me well. It's not in my notes. If it wasn't 31, I do apologise. But it was from 1973 to 2010. Um, last of The Summer Wine, written by Roy Clark, who also wrote uh, various other shows, which I'll be speaking about in a moment. But uh, last of The Summer Wine. Um, for those um, eagle-eyed uh, Streetcast fans, <laughs> associates, yeah. you would have seen um, myself and Richard did a small sort of take um, upon this. Uh, uh, ooh, this was probably last summer sometime, I imagine. Yeah, I think it was last summer. Yeah, we, we did a little homage to it. Um, this uh, available on our, on our YouTube channel. But yeah, longest uh, longest running sitcom in the world. Last summer scam. wine. No, um, no. It's what a season, eh? Ah, oh, right. That's a. I'd never seen Last of Summer Wine. I was gonna say Scam isn't fucking Last of Summer. No, no. Scam no. is Scam is some of this you have them, uh, which yeah. we will be speaking about in, in just a moment. But yeah, right. focusing back on Last of Summer Wine. Yeah, original trio we had. Um, well, the, the more the more known trio is um, that of Foggy Combo can and I, and Cleggy, obviously. Can I just uh, jump in, beer? Uh, you you, <laughs> you said the longest um, longest running. TV show, but sitcom. Uh, I, 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 uh, sit, sit, sitcom. So sit, live action comedy, comedy series. Is, is, he's going to go. He's going to try and say The Simpsons is. Uh... No, uh, in fact, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Now that you say, Always Sunny. Yeah, Google it. Honest to God, uh, I don't know if they're in like a separate category, which I imagine uh, they fucking are. Like longest running, longest running, longest running sitcom in the world. Last of the summer wine. It's Always Sunny is now the longest-running live-action comedy series in TV history. A comedy series was now run for an unprecedented 14 seasons, making it tied with Ozzy and Harriet, a comedy variety show that ran through the 50s and 60s on US television. Perhaps it's US-based? Yeah, so I'm thinking. Okay. To my knowledge, it was the longest-running sitcom in the world. It always has been. Well... Well, la- yeah, Last of Summer Wine, as you said, was fucking crazy amount of seasons. Like, this is only 14 seasons, so I don't understand why... Yeah, oh, God, people yeah. are posting... Summer Wine is about 30-odd, son. Genuine, now. Um, Last of Summer uh, Wine's in the game. Access, if anyone's got access to um, uh, a device uh, in front of them, I'm sure it's 31 series. We need to clear this up. Last, clear this up. I'm sure it's 31 th- seasons, as well. 
Last of the Summer Wine is... 31, are we saying? 31, th- any advances? 31, you are right, you are right. Um, yeah. It is, it's in the Guinness Book of Records, so I'd probably say that that's the, the answer. Oh, that's legit, Tim, that is. Guinness Book of Records, you don't get much more bloody legit than that. Yeah, last of the Summer Wine is the longest running comedy program in Britain, and the longest running sitcom in the world. In the world? Yeah. So when you put comedy for the longest running comedy program, you go into Google, you get shitloads of always sunny because obviously the US is more popular than ah yeah. So, yeah. so 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 just in the US, the Philly thing is, is it? But the last of summer wine is yeah, much much like the uh, the Super Bowl. Uh, it, they only care about America and nothing else. That's why it's the World Series. So. Yeah. <laughs> what I would say though is like Miss Universe, isn't it? Where's all the other planets? What I would say is, is um, uh, that show isn't actually broadcast on UK television, is it? It's probably only available on streaming services and stuff. That contender from Omicron Percy Eight, oof, you know. What about that radio? Omicron Percy Eight only uh, only watch uh, human channels, don't they? They do, yeah. He, he knows. He got the reference. <laughs> ten out of ten, yeah. Uh, Ali, Mc- but- is it Ali McBeal? <laughs> they watch it. Ali it is quite pissy that they would uh, overlook last of summer wine in in place of they wouldn't know what that is they wouldn't know what that is again this is it's a sort of set it's very yeah. very british um exactly you know it's just thing like a lot of this legacy british stuff just is literally just fucking it, it, as soon as you go outside of the locale it's They're like yeah christ alien. It's like everyone's just like, what the fuck is this shit? You know, just because it's been running for that long. Which is weird you because know, they have BBC in America and they love BBC in America. So it's odd that they would just overlook Last Summer Wine, though. I do find that odd. Maybe they uh, again, I, I don't know if that would translate particularly well to, to other sort of... Um, hey, up Nora, you know, it's a bit... Uh, <laughs> uh, how's that doing? He's like, he's all like, I need a compo, well, but, Do you uh, remember uh, when, when the new Doctor, the woman Doctor Who came in and they... Uh, they uh, had to subtitle. What's her name? What's her because name? Because they couldn't they understand. Jodie Whittaker. That's it. Yeah, she's yeah. in Black Mirror as well, isn't she? Yeah, that's um, right. They. She. Uh, they. They couldn't understand what she was saying because of a Yorkshire accent. They. They did the same. Hey, I'm, the, on, I'm uh, the new Doctor. I was going stick the kettle on. You like to see? What's the matter with the time? When you say speak American, then what? What's that lady saying? They didn't know what she was saying today. I raise you again. This the streets track. What's that streets track about? I linked you the other night about the. We were the ones that invented the language. Between two nations? Two nations divided, yeah. Something like that. Where's right. she from? Yorkshire. Yorkshire. Yeah. Yorkshire. Well, it was like the Logie Barogie. Logi, I was yeah. literally about to say Logie yeah. Barogie. Yeah, Logie Barogie. Amazing. Logie Barogie. If anyone cares, we're talking about a really obscure 90s uh, breakbeat record um, called Logie Barogie by an artist. It's gone. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, I know we, I know we, I know we, I know we mentioned it. Uh, I know we mentioned it earlier, um, but I'm now gonna talk a little more in detail regarding um, Forty Towers, uh, which ran from 1975 to ni- uh, 1975 to 1979. Now there are only two series of this, but it honestly feels a lot more than two series. Yeah. It really does. It feels so much more. There's only ever two series made of it, though. Um, it was constantly on telly, like constantly. Yeah. Um, the, and it was it was actually named the greatest ever British TV sitcom um, by a Radio Times panel um, I mean, in 2019 oh as well. I don't know it's if that still stands. Funny. I assume it does, but it was named. I repeat for the benefit of the tape, the greatest ever British TV sitcom. Um, 
So it's ranked pretty pretty highly. Um, as you Done can see, two series of, of six episodes, uh, and uh, it, it it always always pops up um, within like the top five of of you know favorite sort of comedy shows ever. And as I say, it's, it's ranked uh, greatest ever at, uh, at one point. So uh, what's, yeah, what's Forty funny? Towers, Forty Towers, starring John Cleese, Connie Booth, uh, uh, Andrew Sachs, and uh, 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 whatever um, Polly's name is. Um, can't remember her name. Sorry. <laughs> Um, but uh, uh, it was based Very on a spicy. based on a real hotel. Um, based on a real hotel, actually, uh, that um, John Cleese and uh, Booth uh, was inspired um, from when they stayed in Turkey, uh, the, uh, the British Hotel, uh, where they British, had, um, the, the, where he, Cleese had stayed whilst filming Monty Python, and uh, he found the the manager to be uh, a larger than life and uh, sort of. Um, borderline sort of rude but not like directly rude sort of basically a Basil Faultier's sort of character so that heavily inspired him um, by a stay in the Glen Eagles Hotel uh, voice film Monty Python um, although set in Torquay um, most of the filming locations actually took place in Harrow and Wembley um, Harrow? and there was a um, the street where the, the sort of the whacking with a branch and stuff and uh, uh, that was sort of like in a, in a London suburb as well. Um, so yeah, I, I don't really think uh, any of us, to my knowledge, was actually filmed in Torquay. But um, great show, great show. Been to Torquay, <laughs> yeah, the the the, hot, the hotel itself or the building um, was actually a golf club in uh, Buckinghamshire, um, Woodburn Grange County Club, um, which uh, actually. Uh, burned down in the early nineties and oh, wow. has since been demolished. Actually, but that that was the that was the building. So it wasn't actually um wasn't actually a Tokyo hotel, but um great show, great show. I mean, we've already spoke about Forty Towers. What's um you know what, what else is it to say about it? It's a great great show, always ranked high. What's what's funny yeah. about uh, the creation of Forty Towers was when John Cleese the the Pythons Monty, the Monty Python gang always said that they'd never create a sitcom. Because none of them like sitcoms, that was like their thing. They they did. I've heard that like. said before. Yeah. And um, and when they heard that John had gone and made a sitcom, they were all like a bit baffled, and they were like, "Why is he made a sitcom? It's gonna be shit, basically." But when they had the initial viewing of the first episode, he showed them all the very first episode, and they were just all taken aback by it because they thought this is brilliant. So like you've actually made because they used sitcom. the N word so flagrantly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, but yeah, the, the, like originally, the the rest of the Pythons didn't uh, didn't well, they didn't take to the idea of Faulty Towers um, as a sitcom. They, did, they, they didn't they, go behind it, and they didn't they no, didn't they, back they it thought, originally. They thought such. that it was a waste of time, and uh, when they actually saw the finished article, that's when they you know, that's when it changed their mind. Right? It's like they when me like, and Tom said we're never going to show our faces, and we're never going to do anything except an audio podcast that's available <laughs> on Podbean and Spotify and iTunes, and here we are. Yeah. Many sketches flesh. later, our YouTube channel. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Faulty Towers. I mean, uh, is there anything else left to say on Faulty Towers? I mean, it's, it's, it's a great show. Um, I remember show. I saved the uh, Faulty Towers DVDs from the bin uh, when Sean was having a clear out of his house. He was like, "I, I don't want these." He was like, and I said, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa! You can't throw them out." Um, no info so that, that could that could get taken down from streaming platforms and stuff. Or non repeated on Dave or UK Gold at any point. I was like, well, I I need to keep these pieces of physical media. So um, I'll tell you, I'm not on there. They, 
they uh they sit nicely on my uh on my shelf at the moment. Yeah, it's gonna bend them, you guys. I think we've all seen the Forty Towers then, haven't we? Was that something we've all seen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Multiple times. Joe's great, rewatching um, it now. Forty Towers. I think I think people thinking that it ran longer than it actually did and there's more episodes like, than yeah, it yeah. actually did. It's a testament to how good it was. Yeah, Followed exactly. Yeah. You know. I, I think I think as well, sometimes with shows it's a case of the longer it goes on, the sort of the momentum will go and go and go with that. It didn't get it didn't get chance to lose momentum. It yeah. it just permanent mm-hmm. high. And and that's great. That's a great thing. Mr. Bean was um, the same, but I know we'll get on to that later, but that's another example of how you just have ooh, a short God, short I. run. Short run. There's also been no like, like stupid comebacks or like reunion reunited, you know, it's like oh Faulty Towers one off episode like fucking twenty years later. That's never happened either, is it? Nothing he did the he, he did the character for was it a Specsavers advert, possibly? Did he? Um, and that's a barret. That's a barret. Um, it's a I weird thing for him to bring him out to retirement for. I know he did the character um, in around 2018, 19, something like that. For I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say Specsavers, possibly. Wonder if he yes, saw that it coming. was because he was hitting the wrong car with the branch. He was hitting the wrong car with the branch, wasn't he? I remember oh, the advert. Yes, I remember. Yes, yeah. now, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. But again, I've that's not that. really, that's not really a, a, a new or, or reunion or anything as such. It's purely yeah. he, he just sort of. Played played up to the, the character in an advert, really. So I don't even know if it was hit. I don't even know if it was the Basil Fawlty character. It was just John Cleese doing it. Yeah, right? no, particularly. You yeah. know, it was just John Cleese. I think yeah. really when it wasn't as it wasn't like oh, this is Fawlty Towers or whatever. You know, he, he was just yeah. he was whacking the car with the branches. He would have done you know all them years ago sort of thing. I love Fawlty <laughs> Towers. It's fucking great. But, um, oh, it's a great show. It's got my seal up over. I like the one where the the, the Germans won, obviously. Yeah. Um, and this, I can't remember which one it is, but like. Well, for some reason, he won't let like two people that are not married sleep in the same room, and then it's just like this, <laughs> fucking all this like all these like people around the place. It's just chaos. And then there's another one when his wife's in hospital, um, and they're trying to run the place without her. It's just carnage. Oh, that's, yeah, that's just, like, is there one with the kitchen catches on fire? Actually, is it possibly? Uh, you know what? They all kind of blur into one. And yeah, I, I'm, yeah. I'm sitting here like I'm some sort of expert on it, but I'm not like. There's one. Isn't there um, one with a rat as well? Yes, uh, the rat. Yeah, oh, there's like a chicken. Yeah. the cook is drunk. I think that might be the one when the wife's in hospital. The cook gets drunk. Yeah, that's the fire one. I think, isn't it? Yeah. They've got to run the kitchen by themselves. Yeah, that's a fucking great one. The moose as well. Remember the old moose when he's like, uh, "I speak oh, English. I learned it from English. a book." And he's, "Oh, <laughs> very good moose. Yes, very good." Did you say? I mean, the old moose on the wall now. The old moose. I can speak English. It's been put on the on the desk. Cause it keeps falling down, doesn't it? That's right, like, the, old, the, uh, the old uh, on the plinth thing, like. But, uh, great show, great show, great show. I'll move on to Open All Hours next, though, because that was mentioned previously. Yeah. Uh, that aired in 1973, uh, ran to 1985. Again, didn't realise that Open All Hours uh, ran for so long, and, and it's to some extent still um, exists right. because the, the sequel still Open All Hours, as Sean mentioned. Um, the sequel to uh, Open All Hours, still Open All Hours, uh, starring David Jason, uh, that began airing in 2013, and, and that's still going. It's, it's, it's regular season. Forgive me for being, if this is a stupid question, but was he in the original one? I've, I've never seen the original yeah, one. Yeah, he's Granville, yeah, Granville. So you've had, okay. you had um, Arkwright, who was always like, Granville, Granville, you had a bit of a stammer, he did. That was his thing, like, he was a stammering shopkeeper. And Granville was his assistant, obviously, the late Ronnie Barker passed away, and then Granville is, is seen some years later as uh, taking over from uh, Arkwright and 
and running the store. A lot of the original cast are actually in it. Um, a lot of the old actors who were, um, you know, in that. As well as Johnny Vegas as well. Monkey! I'm in still open on hours now, Monkey! Got myself a new gig! He's in it, he's in it. Um, Johnny Vegas is in it. And who else? A few other. People from like Goodness Gracious Me and stuff are in it with him. And a couple of different cameos and stuff. But um, yeah, still open on hours. Still open on hours. Was, right. was, I'll enjoy that. Was open that David Jason's big break? Set in a grocer store. Um, <laughs> and uh, was that David Jason's big break? Was that his first big role? I think I can't confirm, but I want to say that that's certainly the first thing I've ever known um, David Jason to be. I thought it was. Tell you does big roles as the the, the burger. Well, as I say, it was it was 1973. So unless he was in anything smaller, like TV wise before that, um, I don't know. I'd need I'd need to specifically look into um, David Jason's acting career before that, but I. I, IMDb is as your far friend, as I son. know, Let's go. Um, that's the first thing I, I well, I would say I remember. I wasn't born then. Richard, I'll you know, I'm the sure. the first thing I know of. Yeah. IMDb, David Jason, let's go. Are you on it, Rich? Because I'm yeah. typing around. Speedrun, David yeah. Jason's career, speedrun. <laughs> the pilot episode. He was in a, vi- a few things before, but not that was. He was, also in the, he was also in the Darling Budget of May in the 90s. Um, he was a touch of frost. He was... Um, well, it's really Touch Frost is great. It's like proper noir. Del Del Boy, yeah, no. we, know, we know Del Boy. Of it was course. like proper well, noir, wasn't it? We know bloody, we bloody know Del Boy. What else was he in? He was in... He had uh, a saxophone in the theme song. Touch of Frost. Touch of Frost. Big fan of Touch of Frost. I used to watch it all the time with my parents. So this is a conversation I had with my dad not too long ago, is why was David Jason never big... In America, in the same way that you get like, um, like Michael Gambon or Ian McKellen or Patrick Stewart, because I know he's well, not a thespian or anything, but like, you know how, how like how if you wanted like a, a British comedy, like an old British, British again, that's my opinion. Um, like he was never in any like big Hollywood films where, no. like if he was, no, he, he would nail the role because he is, you know, he is that good at his comic delivery and stuff. So you wouldn't yeah, nail yeah. the role regardless. He's, he's, he's rinse wind, didn't he? But you never saw it. You never saw it. Man, Isn't he, uh, doesn't he play the dad in Arthur Christmas? I have seen Arthur Christmas. Sounds familiar. If so, then I think that probably I, was quite. I say yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll say more. Unless, unless I'm wrong, and I just haven't seen the right films. Yeah, he played Rinswind. Uh, the Quark is a nice Bruce, Yeah, he did. He played. Well, this is it. This is what I don't like about those TV adaptions of Rinswind. He played uh, Rinswind of Discworld. He plays Rinswind in The Color of Magic, but then he also then he also plays uh, Death's assistant is Albert in the in the Hogfather. So he plays two different characters. Oh, the Hogfather, yeah, that's the right, That was Sky One here, that so wasn't it. So it fucking fries my head a bit, to be honest with you. So um, Hogfather's a Sky One show, wasn't it? Terry Pratchett and Discworld. It's, it's not good. I, I love Discworld. That yeah, is not a good Hogfather. adaption. It's like four hours long. It was fucking ridiculous how long They need to do a Nightwatch box. Nightmen, Nightwatch Men. I forgot what it's called. The, 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 Nightwatch. The guards, guards. Uh, guards, guards, yeah. Yeah. This girl that I uh, read, Captain Carrot, cracking, cracking series Captain of books. Captain Carrot, yeah. Fucking good, man. Discogs. I, I need to start. I've, I meant to start rereading Discord from the beginning. And I, I if you're about 15, I can't, I can't find my colour of magic. It's fucking yeah, great. great. I'm going to move on to um, probably one of my favourite shows of all time, with permission. What's that? Uh, I, I know mean, what's uh, coming. I know what's coming. But... The, ge- the gentleman uh, before me um, 
the Right Honourable Richard Meyer possibly knows uh, the would show it, I'm uh... talking about. This show would be, uh, as seen behind me, Some Mothers Do Have Them. No H, Have Them. Some Mothers Do Have Them. Um, starring the absolute legendary, um, iconic Michael Crawford as um, as Frank Spencer uh, and his long-suffering wife, uh, Betty Spencer. Uh, some others do have them. Um, British sitcom, uh, wrote by Raymond Allen, uh, starring Michael Crawford and Michelle Dautrys. First broadcast from 1973 until 1975. Uh, two seasons, a Christmas special. Uh, in 1974, 1975, and then after some after some gap, the third season. Now the third season actually was um, often uh, sort of seen as a little bit different. Frank spoke a little bit differently in it. He had a different tone of voice, and Frank Michael rather has, has gone on record as saying that he played he played the character a little bit differently um, in in the third series. But yeah, uh, the third series was in 1978. So there's a little bit a little bit of time, and as Frank came back. He was quite different, but um, yeah, um, some of this you have. Uh, I enjoy every single one. Uh, extremely iconic. There's been two moments in my life where I, I have dressed up as Frank Spencer. Um, one of them more recently um, was the scam short that uh, myself and, and uh, the right down general Richard Myrick uh, filmed again in, in the summer. You can catch that on a YouTube channel. Uh, Fantastic show. Performed um, all his own stunts. Um, as you can see, BME's hanging on to the back of a double-decker bus. Um, on roller skates, might they add. Uh, everything. Everything he done himself. Uh, hanging off a Morris Minor on the edge of a cliff. Um, climbing through uh, a monkey sanctuary. Uh, what else has he done? What else has he done? Everything. You name it. You name it. He, he's done it. All his own stunts. He, he, he even did his own stunts. In the it was a 2016 um, sports relief sketch, which actually starred um, my buddy Boris Johnson um, in there as well. Um, but yeah, he even did his own stunt, he even did his own stunts in that. And at this time, Mike, Michael Crawford um, would have obviously been a lot older and um, less agile, perhaps so, than he, than he would have been. Still, did his own stunts in it. Um, I don't think he did all of them in that. I think he did most of them, but not all of them. I think there was one bit in particular he didn't do. Yeah, but there was there was. There was less of a, less of an extent of stunt though. I think Grace wasn't it? Really? It was. Was he on roller skates? And he was. He was on roller skates yeah. in a on a track on like a on like a roller yeah. track thing. He was. Um, Bradley Wiggins was in as well. I think wasn't he? And um, who was his who was his daughter? Is because his daughter was in it, wasn't wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he had an, an older daughter, like a like a late twenties, early thirties. At the daughter, yeah. he had. And obviously, Jessica had grown up by then. Um, obviously, not that the. Not the same um, baby that would have been in, um, you know, some of this to have. I think the baby they used in that was actually um, one of the, um, like, crews or director or writer or something to do with. I was going to say, it was like something really was, famous. Was, was, uh, <laughs> some, someone in the crew's uh, child, long story short, that they used for Jessica Spencer's role in it. But, um, yeah, the, the that 70s. That baby grew up to be Hitler. <laughs> The seventies spawned spawned a lot of a lot of bad a lot of bad um, Frank Spencer impressions. And I'm not saying I'm great at um, portraying Frank Spencer, but Frank Spencer is so much more than just um ooh bitty because that's that's pretty much all people done. But you've you've really got to get into the character. Like I'm not going to do it now because I won't do it justice. But as I say there is a YouTube video of me where I really get into the into the mindset and um, 
personality with Spencer, which you can watch. Um, I mean, I imagine we could put a link up somewhere if need be, but there is a, there is a sketch up on our YouTube channel where I yeah. fully get into the into the Spencer role. But I say Spencer often was sort of seen as an easy target for impressionists and stuff. You know, they just put a, a little berry on it, go, oh, bitty, and, and, and it was some terrible Frank Spencer impressions. But um, he never even said, oh, Betty, that's the thing. Frank Spencer's catchphrase is apparently, oh, Betty, never once said, oh, Betty, in the entire run um, of the show. Never, ever oh, once said it. Was he like your, um, your Andy Kaufman to your Jim Carrey, was he, sir? Explain um, what you mean by that. Well, Jim Carrey liked Andy Kaufman. So he done uh, basically Andy Kaufman and ah, uh, it's an impression. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, pretty much. Yeah, Jim Carrey's right, right, anno- right. Jim Jim Carrey's annoying self. You know, with Jim Jim Carrey being comedy, Jim Carrey is right, right. an impersonation of a fellow called Andy Kaufman. Who was back in the day, you know, he was. A, I think he was a genuine bit of a dick, though, like Andy Kaufman and. A, and Jim Carrey just took the the, the extremities of his uh, behavior. So the mannerisms and the character yeah. and the persona. I got you. I got you. I got you. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. I'm trying well, to do um, topical musical. That's what I mean. To do a Frank Spencer impression. To do a Frank Spencer impression is so much more than 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 Ubetti is so much. So I I came across a crack in Frank Spencer impression when I was about. And what did you tell the story yet? Ten, this is what I was into. Thank you very much. Here we go. <laughs> when I was about 10 or 11 years old in Tenerife, uh, we were eating food in just you know, a normal restaurant, and the waiter was serving us. Um, bit of an eccentric character. And on the on the telly, they had some others. Duavon was playing. And, um, and he came over to give us our food, and he saw what was on the telly. And then he was just... He just started speaking like Frank Spence. He's like, oh, I'm on the telly and stuff like that. And when he came back afterwards, he had the berry on and everything. Oh, but, like, he didn't like he didn't look like Michael Crawford, but he had a similar sort of face shape. And, you know, like his hair was kind of similar and stuff like that. So it was very, very similar. And there was um, a guy came in, you know, like you have in like Tenerife in Spain. You have like people. That's where I come in. Spell it. Sp- uh, selling, <laughs> selling sunglasses. You know, they yeah, they're sort of uh... selling <laughs> And he kicked him out, in the, as in the character of Frank Spencer, out of this restaurant. That's just amazing. Get out! That's amazing. That's <laughs> yeah, amazing. basically. That's, what that's amazing. And, uh, yeah, that's that amazing. Was, that was fantastic. Oh. And that 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 memory stuck with me. That was one of the best bits of that. He should be like, mm, uh, he'd be like, mm, harass, harassing me. You get easy. Like, that's kind of business. Like, get out. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Sean, this quack is this quack is a good brew. As I said, no jazz. Oh, the quack is a fantastic beer. Um, Lovely. That's a bit. That's a bit brune for you, and it's on you like the old uh, lighter. Is it a dark one you got there? Yeah? Oh, it's amber ale. I might be confusing my brews. I can only apologise. Quark is lovely. He, he runs a bar in Deep Space Nine. Quark is, doesn't he? <laughs> Quark. Quark um, yeah, he's a Ferengi. Quark yeah, I had Ferengi, that. Sir. I had that in Belgium. I had it in the, like a proper glass and everything. Yeah. When we it gives you the uh, like. Thing. Yeah. yeah. Fucking, oh, yeah. Quark is. It's cracking. It's cracking. The Bel- the Belgian ale is is uh, is is it's out of this world. If anyone wants to send me some Belgian ale, please go ahead. It's great. Um, <laughs> what a way- that is awesome. So, nice, uh, nice plug. What, what I'm going to what I'm going to want you next because I'm going to fly forward with this now. What's on my head, sir? Um, for the benefit of the tape is um um again um sticking within the genre and also sticking on with the levels of um uh sort of um. Mm, touchy humour is is Benny Hill uh, the Benny Hill show British comedy television obviously starring Benny Hill 
uh, that they're in uh, various forms uh, between 1955, as recent as 1989. Um, in the 70s, it was one of the, the most watched programmes in the UK. Uh, millions, millions of views. And uh, the Benny Hill theme, actually, the do 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 that was voted the nation's, uh, nation's favourite theme too um, in a uh, recent poll. And uh, yeah, it was basically a sketch show, slapstick humour, always a double on to do, wordplay again, referencing the sort of two Ronnies kind of stuff again, double that kind of thing. Um, but as I say, Rainbow. some of the sketches would probably seem uh, offensive now. Characters such as Mr. Chow Main, um, the Chinese man, or Fanny Claddock, again, a Chinese lady, um, and they sort of use an objectifying of women on the show. Um, he'd often sort of like give a little smack to the ladies behinds, um, things like that. It's, it's obviously not acceptable in today's sort of humour. So it kind of it kind of got buried with the time, really. Um, and yeah. uh, he was he was cancelled in in uh, in uh, the sort of uh, can't tweet anymore. Think, and, uh, the centre of left has spoken. Yeah, you you probably you probably wouldn't see. I would probably imagine you wouldn't see Benny Hill on on stuff either as well now, um, due to the fact. Um, it wasn't so much the, the blackface sort of thing, but it was a lot of, like, Chinese humour, as I said, and always sort of, like, um, scantily clad ladies chasing after him and things like that, and always, like, sexualising the old ladies and things. So, um, yeah, I can't imagine you really see that. Line, though, it, has it? Been, it has been voted as, as offensive, and I don't even think it was up in the first place to be pulled, but you, you won't see you won't see Benny Hill. But I, ha- I have mentioned him because he is a, a prominent figure um, within the 70s and... and uh, was one of the highest rating um, sort of thing. I imagine you're familiar with Benny Hill yeah. at all. You, yeah, yeah. He did. He did the old uh, Ernie the Milkman sketch as well. That song and um, another theme tune. Do, what, yeah. Would, you, would, would I know any sketches? Right, the theme tune. Sing the theme tune. I'm pretty, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I use the theme tune in a Mordo video. You do. I? You do. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Of course. It's you, a meme. Yeah, the theme tune. Uh, again, that's uh, yeah, that's on our works. YouTube channel. Tom Cartwright plays Mordo. It's, it's a meme tune. And. Plug in all the YouTubes. <laughs> Can you think of any other obvious comedy shows? And um, before I move on, uh, during that the 70s, era, oh, um, if you can, uh, please drop a message, a comment, um, tell me Ira- off by Ira- all means. Um, you know, say, say to me, Gareth, um, I listened Ira- to the podcast. You spoke about the seventies, and you missed this show out, which is like, how can you miss this show out? You know, by all means, tell me. I, I, I am open to constructive criticism. By all means, there's probably a few that I've possibly missed out but yeah um, that's sort of the 70s you sort of covered I've ended it on Benny Hill there which I think is a good one to end it on really um, me, but yeah if I've made a blunder please tell me we all make mistakes and uh, I may have made one we're only um, human so um, <laughs> it's like that time where I embarrassed and nearly left out uh, Teutonic Thrash from the metal cast can't believe you done that I know. Like, if I, I mentioned like all of those bands in name but not the actual movement yeah one idiot anyway moving on sorry <laughs> yeah. and uh, I'm going to move on to the 80s now and now now we can actually talk in detail about Only Foods and Horses um, let me just stop you there Only Foods and Horses holds the record of the most watched TV programme in British history i repeat the most watched program in entire british history generally now, um even like 
probably around it's the world, I imagine. It's been repeated in various different formats and stuff. But yeah, this is the, the, the most watched show in British TV history. So to not talk about that would be completely ridiculous. If we had done a, if we had done um, a comedy podcast and didn't include Only Fools and Horses, you know what I mean? That'd be a bit silly, wouldn't it? So here it is, Only Fools and Horses. Um, here we are. The show, by the way, was originally going to be called Reddies. Now, that would be a slang term for for £50. Pounds. Um, when I was a youngster and I used to, uh, I'm a young man still, but when I was younger, I um, I used to listen to the, to the theme tune. And when he said porn in his pocket, I'd imagine a physical, like, you know, like a, yeah, I'd ah, imagine man, a porn in a his fucking... pocket. Yeah. And I was thinking, how could he fit a porn in his pocket? I never got it at the time, but obviously it's, um, up, it's all the cocky rhyming slang yeah. and terminologies. Um, yeah, um, only for his nurses, though. Um, did you know... Um, the original choice of actor that they wanted to play Dell was um, Jim yeah. Broadbent. He Did was you know a, that? Fucking, that would have been a different show, wouldn't it? Yeah. No, yeah. no. Jim Broadbent does actually feature in the series as as a character. I think once or twice or thrice even. I does he does come in the show as a character. But the original choice of Dell um, was Jim Broadbent. Yeah. For well, anyone outside well, of the what UK, what was the reason that he didn't do it? Do you know? Um, I don't know. I mean. By all means, look into that further. Um, but um, I don't know if it's busy schedule or just perhaps didn't really He was the fifth the choice. Yeah. He was, was James Jason something? was the fifth choice. Fifth. He was the fifth one. Mm. Wow. Yeah. And for, I any, don't and for really anyone know. outside of the UK, Jim Broadbent is Professor Slughorn in the Harry Potter films. That's how American people will know Jim Broadbent. There's no other way. Well, well, maybe your, broad, your Broadbent is in he's, Hot Fuzz as well. So you he's, he's, the, he's the police officer in um, Only Fools and Horses, isn't he? Doesn't he play a police yeah, officer? Yeah, he, he is. He is. As I say, um, I can't remember his character's oh, name. In it, sorry, um, but he is. In, he is. He's still in it. As I say, he is still in it as a sort of um, now and then character, perhaps. Is that what you said, John? I, I missed it. If you did, no. Gareth said something about him being in as a, a featured as a character. Uh, yeah, know, he's, still he's, still in, he's still in it. He's still in it. He's still in it. But I, I, I did. I didn't uh, know if you said uh, what character it was. I wasn't sure. If oh no. I don't. Sorry. I don't know what his character name is, and I. I really can't remember. I'm sorry, but Jim Broadbent is still in there. Yeah, he's still in there. Yeah, Chris. And um, the theme doing for it is interesting one because, you know, it's Only it's, fools and it's it's the most Chas and Dave sounding song that isn't actually a Chas and Dave <laughs> song. Um, reason being, reason being that um, uh, John Sullivan, who obviously uh, uh, wrote the show or created the show. He wanted Charles and Dave to do it, and I think they were, you know, Australia or something random like that at the time, or they, or they they had other commitments, and and they couldn't do it. They 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 really couldn't do it. So, basically, he's he wrote sort of like in the style of Charles and Dave song, and uh, that became that became the uh, the theme too. But it's kind of got two themes. Did you think about it? Because you've got you've got the original. Um, I put a pawn in my pocket. But you've also got the God bless you, Key Street. You've even got that at the end. Yeah. So it's sort of got two theme tunes. And that's very rare for a show to have um, an I like intro, show got two themes, an yeah. intro and, and an outro. outro yeah. You know, an intro and an outro song. But it has. It's got that to it. Top of my head, Bojack Horseman. What's that, sorry? Oh, 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 oh. Top oh, of my oh, head, Bojack Horseman. Intro and outro. Intro, intro, the Wire intro and outro. Um, it's great, yeah, um, great intro. You don't see that very often, though, Sean. Am I correct? You really don't see that very often. But uh, he had it, and, uh, song, and song, uh, that's it. Basically, <laughs> it's, it's a sort of it's a sort of Chaz and Dave Chaz and Dave song, which isn't um, 
at Charlton Dave. So a lot of people, I think, th- thought it was Rodney singing it even at one point as well. It uh, it almost reminds me of that really lackluster uh, Christmas song about the cavalry. What's that? Ooh, what song are we Yo, don't call the cavalry. Uh, should, should the cavalry. <laughs> <laughs> That's the bad joke. Yeah. Jonah, Jonah, Jonah Louis, Jonah Louis. Uh, he also sings, um, you'll always find me in the kitchen at parties. He sings yeah. that as well, doesn't he? Sean knows his, uh, his music at that. Of course he does. He knows his only fooling Nigel. Uh, his only making plans for Nigel. He knows all that stuff. And, uh, Next this season. Has he got a future in British Steel, son? We do, we do, we do, we do a music, another music one at some it's a point. Complicated game. Um, yeah, only no, fools. Um, uh, what, what are you guys thoughts on only fools? I, I've said my. Yeah, we are. I'm going to go out there and say I don't like it. Other than a few episodes, I really don't find it funny. What, what about the the Batman and Robin one? That's the most famous episode. <laughs> That's just a scene. Show, it's just a scene. They, they, at t- the end they tell him at this fancy dress, but it's not fancy I dress. Know. And they, they yeah. turn up as Batman and Robin, don't they? There is oh, some very clever. There is some very clever script writing in in Only Fools and Horses, I think. Like the, What's the um, like the, the chandelier one is pretty good. Uh, ah, that chandelier cost like um, that cost like about ten grand, and they had or six grand even. I remember reading that the other day, and they had one take to do that, and it was like do not laugh, do yeah. not like <laughs> back this up. Basically, pardon my French. You've got one take to do this. It's got to be absolutely perfect. Yeah. And they said, I think they said to like Nicholas Lindars or whatever, Nicholas Lindars, if you mess this up, like. We will fire you, kind of thing. Like yeah. you've got to get this just right because we haven't got the budget to begin all these chandeliers and stuff. Like, <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's that's, that's a common. You, if uh, you watch, if you watch that back, you can see them all holding in their laughter when it happens. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You can you see, can see yeah, it. You, uh, um, yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing. It's like, do not laugh. It's like, please, <laughs> do not laugh. We got one take of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then the um, the very, well, I didn't laugh. I thought that the very the very <laughs> simple one was the uh, be cool trig. And then he falls over. Oh, through the that's, right. that's 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 just that's incredibly right simple. It's so simple, but it's just really. Effective. I th- I think that's probably the probably the most. I think I, I would think say that's probably the most iconic scene from it. Yeah, the, yeah. the bar leans at the thing. It's the same with yeah, the play, uh, play cool, you know. What do you have? The brush, the brush with like three handles. Ah, uh, yeah, it's um, it's had uh, <laughs> it's had seventeen new new handles. It's had um, fourteen new new heads. You know? yeah. Funny you bring this up. Right? That like, is that was it the same? How is it the deep. same brush? Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> that that actually runs deep. Um, that is a philosophy question. Funny enough, I got it up here because I knew it was going to come up. If you want, yeah, if you want yeah, me to read, I can yeah. read it. Right. So when uh, when Roman writer Plutarch published the life of Theseus, he described how the Athenians had maintained the ship of their famous king in the harbor as a museum piece. Every year, the Plutarch—I don't know what that word is tells us rotten planks were replaced with new ones and over time every part of the ship had been repla- replaced so was it still theseus's ship and yes according to trigger and indeed the athenians if not <laughs> at what point did it cease to be his ship it was as plutarch a philosophical problem that had divided thinkers for generations so, so i know you actually... a lot of old stuff don't you i know I you've know, watched shit. this tom but this was at the end of wandavision wasn't it i don't know have you seen all i am that that question at the end of that show <laughs> is it <laughs> really exact, yeah the thesis ship yeah it's, it's brought up like it's quite mad yeah i like that joke's got layers like oh, you know, the room jokes welcome to the layer cake son um, I, I, I gotta Black talk. I gotta talk about Blackadder. I'll Who's talk the ass off you about Blackadder. That's uh, John Cleese, yeah. Blackadder is uh, who would later come up 
uh, is one of uh, Richard's idols, oh, is um, so. uh, Rowan Nicely Atkinson done. and uh, Sir Tony Robinson. Uh, and this this is where this is where we talk about Stephen Fry. Talk about Stephen Fry as much as you like, but yeah, anything Gentlemen. you want about him. Now it's time to about Stephen Fry. Hello, Shirley. He's like talk about him now. Now we can bring him in. Uh, oh, Black Adam. Nineteen eighty-three to nineteen eighty-nine. Um, each series was set in a different time period. You know all this. Why am I telling you? I'm telling you for other people. No, I'm telling you for the, the benefits cast, of the tape. Yeah. I'm telling you about here. Each series was set in a different time period of British history. Um, the idea came about, as we mentioned earlier, um, when Atkinson and Richard Curtis um, were working together on brrr, not the nine o'clock news. There it is. There's the mention. Um, the first season of Blackadder was set in. Uh, the sort of uh, the Middle Ages, I believe. The, the sort of like ages, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, the yeah, Queen, Queen Elizabeth. Um, uh, I like the, the first uh, season. The eighteenth, eighteenth, nineteenth century, and uh, yeah, that uh, it's. Uh, no, was Queen Elizabeth was the first season. Off an hour. No, Queen Elizabeth was the, the second, second season. season. The oh, first the season is Brian season, Blessed. And, yeah, um, the first season was awful. <laughs> the first yeah, season is awful. Like, is almost the 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 clever one. Cut that out. Yeah, the first, the first season, the first season was was the Black Adder. Yeah, the Black Adder. Yeah, I said. Yeah, the Black Adder. Now, I don't know. If that's less enjoyable than the rest of them. Well, it's you only saying that because I just said it. Yeah, yeah. It's still, it's still part of the seat. The seat. <laughs> tell me, tell me about, tell about the Black Adder because I'll be honest, the Black Adder. There is one that, that I haven't watched very much, and and, and it's hard. To, it's hard to, to watch. On. It's awful. The it's best part about it is Brian Blessed, but that's the. What's, what's wrong with it? Why is it bad? Um, so the character, the character of Blackadder, is basically like Baldrick in that first season. Oh yeah, they've That's got right. him as a bit tougher, haven't they? A bit, uh, yeah, a bit the other way around, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Baldrick is the smarter character. Ah. Um, but it just, even though Rowan Axon is good at playing an idiot, it just didn't. I don't know. There's something about it that just didn't feel right. But then the production quality is actually really bad as well. Yeah, it's really yeah, yeah, terrible show. Um, just. In, and then when they swapped it round, then from the second series on, that's when it became like you know the show. You can there. tell it uh, it, hit, it hit the magic magic formula. Yeah, yeah the, it was just like the, the second the second series was the second series was the sort of uh, Middle Ages uh, Elizabeth and whatnot. Yeah, Queen Elizabeth, that's that's yeah. when that came in. Yeah, yeah, the third, that was the, third the second was like series. A, yeah. They had guns and stuff in the third, but it was still really old fashioned. It was like princes and shit, wasn't it? Like. Uh, they, they were, like, duel at the end and they do, do, do you have, yeah. do you have your, your Hugh Laurie and your Stephen Fry and that and the, um, the third season as um, ah was the guy who plays Hagrid oh Robbie oh, Coltrane Coltrane Robbie Coltrane yeah. and he's, he's written the first ever dictionary sir and um, it's like this book contains every single word in the human language sir and then um Blackadder's just making up all these fucking fake words to just... Uh, it's fucking so funny. I can't... It's just me explaining it. It isn't funny, but it's yeah. so funny. Contrafibularities is a word he says, and I, I say that all the time. Contrafibularities. A, a brilliant character <laughs> in Blackadder, I just thought, was uh, was Flash, played by uh, Rick Mayle. Woof! Oh, the late Rick Mayle, yeah. That's... Yeah, we like moved on to Rick Mayle as well. We moved on to him now. He's... Uh, Hello, Queenie. Yeah, Queenie. <laughs> Captain Darling, Robert old Darling. Thank you, Darling. I Captain always enjoyed. Darling. I always enjoyed the sort of Darling play on words yeah. as well. I very much enjoyed that. Yeah, Christ. Yeah, Blackadder. And the, the the thing about Blackadder now, like nowadays, and I'm pretty sure all of us did this in school in our history lessons, was we studied the finale of Blackadder. Um, Blackadder goes fourth in history because it was yeah, that was the, the, the um, historically accurate. 
was that was the trenches of the first world war if i'm correct it is yeah it's easily for me anyway it's easily the best one by by far even though the formula for two three and four what an ending on uh on that black adder you know if you watch the the trench what an ending you can and, and you can if you go to like the DVD or, or streaming now you can just watch them all that entire season you can just watch it it won't go pretty much and you don't realize how sad it is yeah. and oh, it yeah. is so sad it is really sad like the end the last five minutes the jokes stop or oh, they don't stop but like they stop being funny even though they're still yeah. joking and what an ending. Like, what an ending they it yeah. was it was it was how they sort of gave you that feeling of impending death I guess yes it was that that's yeah, it's been them um, yeah. yeah. It's when Hugh Laurie's character goes, I'm scared. Yeah. He's just like, that guy is so loud and like, I'm fucking yeah. <laughs> up. Then, <laughs> yeah. then he just goes, ah, shut up. I'm scared. And he's just like, ah, oh, yeah. fucking hell. <laughs> right in the yeah. fucking nuts. There's one, yeah. there one episode in, uh, in Black Adder Goes Forth where he's making, is he making the Colonel a cup of tea? And like, Baldrick can't find any sugar. So he just scratched the dandruff off. One of my favourites of that season as well is when he uh, cooks, accidentally cooks, or, or purpose, I can't remember which one it is, but he cooks Stephen Fry's pet pigeon <laughs> for lunch. Speckled Jim. Yeah. Um, I guess I'm all like, sent to the front lines or whatever. But, um, yeah, well, it's potentially Baldrick's final plan, which may have saved them all. And he goes, always saying like, when they're about to go over the top yeah. into the into well, the, uh, over the trench, he goes, "I have a cunning plan," and he goes, "Is is, uh, is it as cunning as a fox who was professor of cunning at Oxford University?" And Boulder goes, "Like no or something," and he goes, "Well, then they'll have to wait." <laughs> Not <laughs> where they go. <laughs> it's like, yeah, okay, yeah. Oh, it's great! It's great. I feel like I've uh, if someone's put two pens in me. I haven't said anything for ages. I talked about fucking black. I don't know. Oh, uh. <laughs> There was there was a there was a, a a thing which they made for the Millennium Dome as well the Black Adder yeah, uh, what was it called back yeah. and forth he starts traveling through time Steve Coogan's in that as well isn't he I yeah uh, mm-hmm. two thousand two thousand uh, it was made as like a, as I say like a video to be shown uh, sort of an exhibition in the in the uh, Millennium Dome at the time but it's since been Absolutely. broadcast it's since been broadcast on uh, Sky One probably and whatnot and things and. Yeah, it's been on tally since. It's on DVD. I got a DVD somewhere. Yeah, it's not. It's not. Not. Not very good. I'll be honest. It. The, no, the, it wears. It wears off quickly. Me. Like the. The. The, the, the best because it like the, the. The um. The sadness of it is that the Black Adder line. He always references his ancestors. References his ancestors, and and then like the the Great War just ends because they all fucking got shot. You know? Yeah. So like, yeah. and all of a sudden in the year two thousand, he's running a shop or whatever in fucking London. You're like, uh, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I, I suppose, I, su- I suppose you can just write that off to an extent, really, because uh, yeah. it, yeah, it it's ended. Like, it's, it's like a comic relief thing, isn't it? When they bring yeah, it back, yeah. Comic relief, it's not. It ended perfectly, didn't it? It ended perfectly at the end of the day. Yeah, Blackout. Uh, Blackout uh, definitely one of my favourite sitcom, British sitcoms. Ever. Probably, yeah, probably my one, no, the favourite, I think, of, of British stuff. That, that's always ranked quite high as well on because um, I've had a bit of a look. That's always ranked quite high on, on the polls as well. That's always uh, it's usually around top five, five, isn't it? It's not yeah, the yeah, scores yeah, on the yeah. doors. So we finish talking about Blackadder. Um, I'll move on to we mentioned Rick Mail. Um, God rest his soul. Uh, just now I'll move on to the Young Ones, which was a a real turnaround for sort of eighties alternative comedy and stuff. Um, yeah, more adult uh, orientated uh, like humour. I guess it was more. 
out there. <laughs> it was. It was, the, it was uh, it was very, very much, very much. Young ones is very much part of like eighties pop culture and uh, yeah. of the time. Extremely fit in. Um, I like to think I like the young, young ones, but I, I don't. It's only the university. Great show! Great show! Really, great show! Really uh, like, to be honest, Star Rick Mail, Adrian Edmondson, Christopher Ryan, Alexi Sale played various members of his own family. Always yeah. eccentric. Um, He's like the landlord and the postman and all sorts of weird. Always the Belowski family of some sort. So some sort of. Um, Belowski uh, relation, uh, yeah. But uh, the show was just set around them in the sort of uh, the student lifestyle. Uh, Rick Neal, Vivian, and Mike. Uh, a lot of. Sl- I think maybe seeing seeing Motorhead playing Ace of Spades on the University Challenge episode probably the first time I ever saw. In that, the living room, yeah. As as a kid, like it was like whenever how old, however old I was watching that. Yeah. Uh, it was music on it as well, didn't it? Bands playing. Kind of like Twin Peaks with the Roadhouse. They always have like a band per episode or whatever. Not every episode, maybe. But I can't, you know. Yeah, but the, the only uh, thing I remember about that show, <laughs> the only bloody thing I remember about that show was when he's in the train and he sticks his head down yeah, the train window. I know that. Oh, he's yeah. kick, kicking it down the, episode, kicking it down the yeah, train yeah. track. Yeah, but that that was that was known for like sort of uh, slapstick humor, you know, uh, surreal sort of stuff, cutoffs and and. You'd have like puppets and like carrots coming to life and stuff, and yeah. dirty socks running away and stuff like that. And yeah, as, as Saul said, you, you'd have musical numbers as well. And, uh, the band Madness have played on there twice. Mortarhead played in the living room. You know, uh, it's it's very very uh, very surreal sort of um, sort of show. But yeah, the show came about because um, a lot of the cast and stuff were sort of involved in in the the like London alternative comedy scene. Uh, you had the uh, uh, the comedy store, the comedy store in 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 London at the time. Uh, uh, Rick and Ed would perform as um, uh, what did they call themselves? Twentieth uh, century coyote, I think, or something. The Dangerous Brothers, they did as well as as an act, and they were all sort of um, they were all sort of involved around the time, and later going on to form in their own comedy club in 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 Soho, uh, London, obviously. The, the comic strip and you had like French and Saunders and stuff were involved as well who obviously starred in the show but uh, yeah m- much much of the programme sort of cast and creators were all involved in in the sort of breakout of that alternative uh, 80s comedy sort of thing which I love with you and Ben Anton was one of the writers as well uh, great show great show Ben Elton have anything to do with Blackadder as a writer I'll be wondering might, might have well been might, might, might have well been but um, yeah, a lot of lot of lot of lot of offbeat humour, a lot of cutaways to to random segments and stuff. Um, a lot of toilet humour as well. Yeah, yeah, it was re- it was really different for the time. Thinking back, like it it was. Um, yeah, he did. He did write black either. It's really really different, really different at the time. I would say that was. Yeah, it, like I said, I think that was the. Well, it must have been at least one of the shows that sort of brought in that more, you know, it, it made comics realise we can do more adult, more obvious adult humour in shows. I think that's yeah. that's where it started with bot, uh, with um, sorry, with young ones, and then obviously you'll probably get onto it at bottom later on. Oh, we're going well. to bottom, yeah, yeah just just um, in a little moment now, a little moment. Yeah, but um, yeah, I, I I enjoyed the young ones. I, I found it quite funny. I th- I discovered the young ones after bottom though. For me, I had it backwards. I knew about bottom before uh, the young ones. I was so. I was brought up with yeah. the young ones because uh, the parents always had um, 
always had the young ones on uh, VHS and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, show, show your age, you know, guys, show your age, you know. Always <laughs> had on VHS and whatnot. At, um, great show and, and extremely uh, extremely influential. Uh, Rick Mayall, he's uh, very good. And, and obviously Ed Edmondson as well. And yeah, they all, they all went on to, I'll, I'll mention shortly, they all went on to work with each other in various other things as well and whatnot. And they all, all became household names, really, I suppose, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, it is. But um, yeah, um, for the for the benefit of Gene Jenkins, um, I've got off with the same pet down as as one of my things to, ah. to talk about. <laughs> I've got off with the same pet. It's in there. It's, it's in a there. It's comedy. So um, it's in there. Yeah. Why should we on the eighties? Why should we on the eighties? Um, I've got off with the same pet uh, again. Uh, but this comedy set around uh, a bunch of construction workers, half of who are from uh, Newcastle up on Tyne. Uh, searching for uh, employment, uh, they get work in, uh, in 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 Western Germany in uh, in Düsseldorf on, on a building site. Yeah. Düsseldorf. Um, the original series, anyway. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's that's the very original series. When when did it? Um, Fuck. When did it start? When did it? Oh, they did two, uh, two seasons in the eighties, and then it came back in like the early two thousands. Yeah, it came. It came. Like it, came it came. It came back in two thousand and two. It came back in two thousand and two. Um, Bill Nye was in there as well when he came back. He yeah, it, like, it the, came back. It came film. back in two thousand and two. Bill Bill Nye, he was sort of like the um, the boss they were taking down the um, the bridge That's for. Right, yeah. But um, not the science guy, I imagine. No, the uh, not the science. First, one. first series, first series the was <laughs> first series was Dusseldorf. Second Dusseldorf. series was Spain, where there was a villa for a Dodger associate of um, That's right. of Dennis's. And mm-hmm. what happened within the the second series though was um, uh, Gary Houghton Gary Houghton had actually died, who played Wayne. Um, yeah, that's right, so yeah. a lot of the scenes were like sort of like a body double, or they sort of had to talk around him being in the next room or doing something or other, um, which explains some of his absences. But yeah, uh, Wayne Wayne the Wayne the Cockney um, cheeky chap. He died um, during filming of the. Um, the second CD, so so you know you'll notice some of the shots look look a bit weird because he's just sort of like a double sort of in the background or something like that. And so, given the name yeah. of the show, I'm guessing they only intended for it to be one season. Then, if that's the case. Uh, the show was explained as in 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 the revival of it um, when when Brenda uh, me Brenda when Neville's wife um, uh, saw him off, you know, she said to him. If we the same pet, pet, she said to him, and uh, I think it was explained as that really. Uh, yeah, it's because they are they go to Germany for work. Yeah, um, so you might yeah. be right, Rich. It maybe it was intended to be one season. Um, yeah, <laughs> they've been just, all sorts. Like just a thought, second season is like is like a manor in the UK, and it's a fucking Spanish villa. Third season is like yeah. some it's like Indian reservation in america the fourth season's in cuba it yeah there was there was a there was a fourth mental. series in um there was a fourth series in 2004 and they were like sort of like uh involved CPCIA in, in the, the british embassy and uh yeah, they, were, they were in havana bullshit. havana um refurbishing the uh, ambassador's uh total garbage house or whatever and uh then they had like a one-off Christmas special finale then without Bomber because Bomber was dead. Yeah, so Bomber two... Bomber died in I think two thousand and four, um, yeah. but he he did want to do he did want to do that, but I think he was too ill at the time. But um, that he sort of he's got he a plays little homage. Him, he plays him. He plays an ill. He's ill in um, 
Isn't he ill in the third series? Like his character's ill as well. Um, I'm not too I sure. I know. I know he sadly died of cancer. I think not too yeah. long after all, all the um, uh, sort of reboot came about and stuff. But uh, yeah, he was def- definitely in the third series. Yeah, definitely. He was just a bit. I, they, they, I know. I know. There's like a letter that that they read from him saying um, all the best and stuff they read in it and whatnot. And they and they, they raised a glass to him and whatnot. But um, yeah, a great show which which managed to sort of. Have success in in two sort of eras, really. I mean, um, the two. Do you know he's a professional sort of, uh, professional wrestler, old Pat Roach? He was, yeah, he was. Pat Roach was uh, a professional wrestler, but yeah, the. the and I'm, I'm, did, uh, I'm assuming you well you were aware of um, uh, Jimmy Nail's uh, musical career as well, being a. Fan Jimmy Nail, yeah, very good singer, very good singer. He had a bit, bit of a bit of a run in the eighties and nineties. Yeah, don't hear much from him now, to be honest. But uh, very very good vocalist, yeah, and very good. A bit of a musical career. Obviously, um, uh, Tim Healy um, is in Benidorm as um, uh, yeah, Leslie. Like, yeah. He's got the, the wig on and everything, and uh, he's been in. He's been in Still Up on All Hours as well, actually. Um, as Gastric, he plays Gastric in Still Up on All Hours, and I mean they all sort of yes. went on to very good stuff. Um, Neville I, obviously um, was involved in Morse and and yeah, uh, was, uh, almost uh, the spin-off Lewis of Morse, Morse called. Yeah. Um, what was the name of the fellow with the blonde hair? He was the most famous one. I can't even remember his name. Timothy Spall. Timothy Spall. He's been a lot yeah. of stuff. He was uh, Worm Wormtail in Harry Potter again for American people. Yeah. Um, but he's in a bunch of shit. I'm trying to think. Of the, I'm trying to think of the most uh, spin-off Lewis. with Kevin Wheatley. Uh, Italian, Lewis. Sorry. What did What did they call him? A Morse's assistant person. Lewis. <laughs> Lewis. <laughs> Fucking twenty times. Oh, why didn't you say, man? Why didn't you just say? <laughs> Yeah, um, no, they, they've all, they've all, again, they've all sort of become household names. Um, I, I, I'd say, and they've all sort of become very popular, and you see them pop up. Timothy Spall, as you said, pops up in a lot. Um, Except the guy who played Moxie, maybe. He's in the fifth element, I think. Isn't he, like, as the, one of the doctors? I think that's the only thing I can think of him in. I've not seen Moxie um, in a lot of stuff, no. I've not seen Moxie in a lot of stuff, but... Um, it's funny that one thing I oh, it's Christopher Fairbank, isn't it? One, one thing I've noticed about a couple of these like actors we've mentioned in TV shows, um, there's a few, uh, yeah, quite, quite, quite a few uh, connections to Harry Potter. <laughs> Harry yeah, Potter, yeah, always, always. They British do, accent, yeah, accent, no, they, accent. They, yeah, they, 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 they're mad for it, like yeah, Harry Potter. Uh, yeah, Chris Chris Fairbank, uh, Moxie was in Fifth Element, as I said, and he's also in Alien Three as well. That's the other thing he was but, in. Um, yeah, like again, no, I think I think um, very like Geordie British kind of humour probably doesn't translate well elsewhere in the world. There might have been shown, I don't know, but um, yeah, I mean, uh, even for us, he's sort of um, this very, like, especially the way Oz talks, and it, you know, it's very uh, very Geordie, like in a lot of gans, a lot of like. Uh, Sort of, There's definitely uh, a lot of Stephen dialects and uh, come from uh, off Wheels in Pet. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, so uh, I've, I've pretty much wrapped up my sort of 80s there. As I say, unless there's anything else that people can think of, um, various messages, emails, uh, write a letter or whatever, go on to tell me uh, I've left anything out. But I'm going to move on to the 90s now. Um, now, I've done a little, little bit of research into sort of like trends <laughs> and, and um, favourites of the 90s show. And one that is always, always um, top five. Um, I mean, some would argue technically not necessarily a British comedy show, but would be Father Ted because it's, it's a British show. It's still a British show in a sense. 
Um, he's broadcast for... Graham Lynham bloody rotted, didn't he? You're opening you're opening up old wounds there, Gar. It was broadcast it was broadcast <laughs> for um it's broadcast for Channel Four. Uh it's broadcast for Channel Four. I mean, we can heavily relate to um for the benefit of the tape, um uh Father Ted, we visited the Ted house, there's a photo of me dressed as far as Dougal Maguire, um to the point where I was wandering around taking photos outside and um, a, a full family pulled up in a car and they said to me, they said to me, oh, hello, um, are you are you the guide here? Um, we were just wondering how much it is to, to come in and have a look around or, or you know, if we, if we if we are okay to come and visit. Um, lovely family. And I said to you, I said to them, I'm terribly, I'm terribly sorry, I don't actually work here. And you could immediately see the drop on their faces and they're like, this guy is insane. Yeah, you're absolutely fucking mental. It went from being happy and friendly to, come on, girl, uh, you know, this guy is nuts like. So, um, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, they thought I worked there, basically. So I could I could have stood it all day and directed people um, <laughs> yeah. into the premises. But um, uh, if, we, if, we can get a, if we can get a photo of me pop up as, as Google, we, we'll do it. So there's, also, um, there's also a picture of me in the bishop's hat as well. In the bishop hat, I know, I know that I know the show was there, and they were just like, "This, this, this is where Ted did this. This is where Ted did that." And Sean was just like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, great." It's great. great. I managed to sit through a really like in-depth uh, tour of a, a set and house used in this series without ever seeing an episode. Um, <laughs> and I managed to blag my way through. Was it? Was, did you? See, have you ever seen an episode of Father Ted, Tom? No, I never once in my life. <laughs> So two people on this in-depth Father Ted tour in the Father Ted house in rural Ireland and we managed to get through it without embarrassing ourselves. I'm, I'm proud of that. <laughs> but, uh, no, we, we, we'll pop some photos up if we, if we can on... Uh, yeah. They were like, oh, that, that's the window. That's the window. They were all like, because oh, there's like oh, Chinese people or something. That's the window. I was like, oh, what? That one there? <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, there's, that's um, the one. there's a, a, little, a little bit of black tape on there. Yeah. And he's obviously waving out the window. And uh, yeah, it's just. Uh, hey, you're a racist now, Father. Yeah. That's the one, yeah. But uh, yeah, Father Ted always comes up top five. Um, set on the remote craggy island. Uh, revolves around Father Dougal Maguire and Father Ted. and and uh, Father Jack Hackett and their housekeeper, Mrs. Doyle. Um, actually, in 2019, let me let me let me say this: 2019, Father Ted was actually named the second Brit, second greatest British sitcom, coming in second place to Forty Towers. So, so there we go. Um, eight over three seasons um, from 1995 till 1998. Uh, so reasons. Three seasons, yeah, nineteen ninety-five to nineteen ninety-eight. Um, and one, this is this is a very dark, interesting fact. One day after shooting of series three wrapped up, um, Dermot Morgan, who played Father Ted, um, sadly died of a heart attack. He's only forty-five as well. Um, but he he also did say that he wouldn't return uh to or replace the role of you know of Father Ted. So it just sort of it literally Christ. just it literally that's who get from ironic, God, it, it wrapped up. It just totally wrapped up. Series series three ended, and 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 Dermot just just passed away. And this is uh, here's a question for you: Did he did he die on on set in in the house? Not on set, no, not on set. But uh, it was actually the day after the the third season all wrapped up. Everything had been filmed. Everything had been finished. And 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 you know he sadly passed away. It's it's it's, it's crazy timing. Absolute crazy timing. But I they never intended. That. They never intended on doing another series after. Um, I know that. Um, 
I've read into it and various sort of like TV production companies and, and script writers and stuff various times had approached um, uh, the, the, the sort of writers of this uh, Linehan and, and Matthews who who, uh, who wrote the show and uh, and every time they declined all offers to, to the point where I think they even mentioned like uh, recast in the role of Ted was mentioned at one point right. and a spin-off like a Dougal spin-off I think was mentioned and various different things and they turned it down every single time. So it again ended sadly, obviously, but ended you know on a on a on a on a high at least program wise, where there's extremely strong content, very very good show, very well wrote. And um, but yeah, sadly he died away. He he passed away. Uh, you know, uh, a day after filming, which is crazy timing. But uh, that's what happened. And um, it's it's an extremely good legacy. And and uh, one of my favorite shows, at least I say. We we visited the, yeah. the house on a sort of pilgrimage, if you will. Um, something that I always wanted to do when being in, in Ireland, and I mean, fortunately, we took a we took a bit of a detour, but you know, it wasn't too much of a detour. We actually got in, we visited the house, had some great photos of the people. They were very friendly. They showed us around. They told us some stories. Again, as I say, Sean was completely sort of like, yeah, yeah, you know, great, great, great episode. I remember that one very well. But um, we had like sort of like scones and. And uh, and tea. teas and, yeah. and cakes and all sorts of stuff and there are various props and stuff around and great loved it some of the cross off the list of I've uh, things I've seen really and um, very very good experience and uh, great show great show always comes up on Trumps of uh, one of the favourites Father Ted also also responsible for launching the career of one Graham Norton as well that's right yeah Father Noel Furlong he played. Um, <laughs> You know, he's uh, very over the top, sort of. Uh, let's have a screeching contest. You know, he's very Irish. Irish dancing in caravans and yeah, Irish dancing in the <laughs> yeah. caravan. But um, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll things on now, and um, I'm going to finally move on to Royal Family. Uh, the Royal Family three series again from 1988 to 2000 with various Christmas specials and whatnot. Um, was there right three seasons in that time? Actually. How how far apart was each series with Royal Family? Well, the last, the la- the last uh, special I believe was two thousand and twelve. Um, obviously, because Caroline Ahern yeah, uh, yeah, died, yeah. I-, I know they were I plans. I it was as early as eighty eight. I-, I really didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've learned something. Nineteen ninety eight. They were they were plans. They were plans. Nineteen ninety eight. Ninety eight. Yeah, ninety eight. Oh, they were they were plans to do the royal family. Like they were plans to do. Um, they were plans to do more, but um, they were working on another one. I think, or they wanted to, but uh, she died then. So that was obviously. That was obviously the, um, the end of that. She, she, she was uh, one of the key players and writers in the show. She died in 2016. Um, yeah. So that was sort of the end of it then. But yeah, um, most episodes revolve around the family sort of setty and, and TV set, uh, an armchair. Um, and unlike most shows, um, sort of before and of the time, uh, the show is filmed uh, with a, a single camera production star. Um, and it was not filmed in front of an audience. It didn't have a laugh track, um, but uh, one of the producers is quoted as saying that um, you know they had a bit of a fight and a bit of a struggle to not have a laugh. As I said earlier on in the cast, to not have a laugh track um, included on 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 this show, and I think this did pave the way for other comedies to come in terms of um, you know not having this sort of ah <laughs> you know when it's almost yeah, it's time, it's it? almost a drier humour in it almost like oh obviously yeah it's, 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 it is like, dry it's not, humor, yeah. It's it's a like a trailblazer for that kind they, of thing. They they also they also wanted wanted um to take the show, um sort of not 
always in the living room and sort of have other locations and stuff but uh, i know she rejected that as well god rest her soul um uh, didn't didn't really want that going on and sort of really fought to keep it as it is just purely set in the living room single camera no laugh track and um, it worked it worked very well great show really well written uh ricky thomason cracking cracking he played um really really good show everybody everybody really does bring the uh the part to the table on that show but it was original it worked, very um, original as well and then they say that obviously heavily influenced the sort of like the goggle box type thing we have now, which is yeah, basically yeah. just a reality show. Dude, what what owes pretty basically. much his, his entire existence to that is um, we've seen him and her. I think it was on BBC Three. Fucking crickets. Dot com. <laughs> uh, it was a BBC Three comedy where it's set entirely in, in, a, in the same flat, essentially. Him and her so. was. Um, him and her was. I can't remember his name now, but he was. He was in the job lot. He was. Uh, what's his name now? And. Um, and uh, yeah, there's something like in, 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 her that in a lot of different things. And one of the guys who's in like him and her as like a background character, as always in, like a side recurring character, is a Lannister soldier that gets killed by the Hound, and the Hound is like, "You're shit at dying." Is that guy? <laughs> I've never seen. Yeah. Um, I've never seen him and her. I'm, I'm aware of it, though. And the guy, the guy with the, the greasy like postman guy in um, Afterlife is one of the recurring characters. In oh it, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The um, the guy, the, the guy who often works with Ricky Gervais, the sort of. Um, He's in. Um, there's a cat there. The guy who's the guy who's always in. <laughs> I've disappeared. The, the, guy, the guy. The guy who's always works for Ricky Gervais and things. Um. Yeah. It's not Sean. Yeah, uh, no, no, no. Just uh, saying. It's, it's uh, all, uh, he's on eight out of ten cats as well. Is it him? Yeah, he's got that. Gre- he's got the greasy hair kind of look on the glasses. Oh, he's really and funny. Oh, he is. Great deadpan humor. Is he in? The, is he in the detectors, Tom, or is he just someone that looks like him? Uh, I think it's just someone that looks like him. I can't remember his name. I was going to say Sean Williams. Some that's Barry from EastEnders. That's Barry from um, EastEnders. Yeah. Um, Do you think of that guy who showed up on like shooting stars and stuff, Tom? You think of that dude with the big glasses? He was meant. Well, you were thinking of. Oh, you were no, thinking of he's uh, Epithemu. Epi- he is Epithemu, yeah, whatever you think. With, with his carrier bag, they're great there. Moving, moving back on, moving back onto the royal family. I'm just going to move this beautiful cat out of the way. Um, Moving on to the royal family, though, um, there was a huge, a huge glitch um, within the royal family, um, a sort of uh, a Christmas cock-up, if you will, um, where one of the scenes went wrong, um, and when when the film went back to be edited or whatever, um, they realised that um, the camera had gone wrong and cut off everybody's heads, um, and it had uh, they had How to does reshoot it. Go it. wrong like that. that they had they had to, they had to reshoot the entire Christmas scene, um, which cost about a hundred thousand uh, pound to reshoot, and it actually apparently was one of the uh, worst blunders in TV history. Um, and that was doing in the two thousand nine Christmas special. Uh, basically, uh, none none of none of the um, none of the scenes um, were usable, and they had to completely go back all the cast and. And um and reshoot the entire sort of um scene of that special. As, uh, as someone that, uh, someone lost their job over that. As someone you. as someone who does editing <laughs> on, on stuff like like the podcast and stuff, that would be absolutely heartbreaking if that happened. Like I can that, that if they redo this entire cast, it would cost oh. us hundred grand, wouldn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it's, you know, hundred <laughs> yeah. grand's worth. Absolutely heartbreaking. I bet. I bet. I bet the guy was like. I don't know. Was it was it a camera fault or was it just poor positioning? It had to be poor positioning. Surely they would have like had it all. Set it's, 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 yeah. To my knowledge, it was to do. With, it was to do with the camera technicians um, looking into it, and uh, I, I don't know. I'd, um, 
I know it was, it was a huge blunder and a very costly one, and they had to go back and refilm everything. Uh, yeah, that's the royal family, Mister Mr., uh, Mr. Jim Royal, Mister Ricky Thompson, uh, lovely gentleman, and uh, everybody else. You had, you had your Ralph Little as well, of course. You had your Craig Cash. Uh, you had them all. You had them all. Fond memories growing up. Some fond memories growing up watching them. I will say. Well, well um, I, 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 I obviously, for the benefit of the tip, um, uh, Tom is often referred to as Tom Tit. Now, Tom Tit is a saying by Jim Royal. Um, for, to for be it. crude, to be crude, it's, it's slang for shit, basically. Tom, Tom, <laughs> shit, it's cockney, it's cockney rhyming slang. So that's where, that's where, Ooh, I don't know where that's come Tom from. Tom like a, like a fairy yeah. tale character or something, like originally. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's where that's come from. Yeah, um, yeah but um, that's what I say. The Royal Family, great show, uh, uh, very influential to the sort of um, shows that would follow without the laughter track and within that sort of uh, one camera setting and whatnot. Um, but yeah, that's that's my Royal Family. Unless there's anything else you want to add? Well, just just to add, uh, if anyone missed it, we did put out a sketch with uh, Ricky Tomlinson to promote this episode of the podcast. Oh, Jim Royal, we certainly did. Which uh, you can check it on our YouTube channel if you haven't seen it. Um, Seems a very uh, nice guy, like he does. Absolutely lovely. I just just want to say what a lovely, lovely man. It's such a heartfelt message as well. Um, Lovely, lovely little thing he did for us. Um, Lovely, very nice. Um, yeah, check that out though, as Richard just said on our, on our YouTube channel. Uh, check it out. Um, yeah, so I, I'm now going to move on to the cast um, sort of climax, and we're going to talk about Mr. Bean, and I'm going to let Richard <laughs> take the mic for a lot of this as well. Yeah. Um, Mr. Mr. Bean, by the way, um, turned 30 year old uh, in January 2021. 30 year old um, in January 2021, and it was a lovely documentary. Um, on it recently, which I watched, um, the pilot aired um, on New Year's Day of nineteen ninety, and uh, yeah, it turned, it turned thirty years old this year. So we're going to talk about Mr. Bean. Um, I tell you, I can tell you a little bit about the origins of uh, Robert Atkinson and Richard Curtis. Basically, met in nineteen seventy five at Oxford Uni. Um, Howell Goodall, who wrote the the theme tune and the music for the show, um, also met there. Uh, you can compile all the show's music and whatnot. The three worked together as a writing team and, and created a live sketch show for theatre. Uh, some of these sketches made up the first three Mr Bean sketches. Um, yeah, so uh, Richard Curtis sort of writes the outline of it and then Rowan will come in and add his little bits and pieces to it. Um, Richard Curtis was also the writer of Blackadder. I'm just going to throw that That's in. right, yeah. And the series ran between 1990 and 1995, and there were only actually 14 episodes made. And Richard yeah. probably aware of that. Yeah. Uh, again, it seems it seems so much more. It literally seems. Years. Huh? How do you drag 14 episodes over five years? Well, you can do. You can do like how many a series? With six. A series, yeah, there was. There wasn't many. They had. They struggled yeah. for a time slot initially. I think. Um. So they couldn't get like consistent. Uh, television time I think that was the reason why they had so little um, but yeah they, they like like Gareth said a lot of it was like improv things they had like in uh, university and stuff they had ideas yeah. carried over from there they were all they were all little sketches and stories yeah. and and sort of little stage uh, performances that, that were sort of drawn up within the uni days um, later on they brought in uh, in in Robin, Robin Driscoll to sort of um, join in the writing team and he yeah. was um he was the one who came up with the idea of the um, the armchair um, yeah. driving 
uh, on on the mini sort of scene. And he they, also they him in, uh... he also appeared on screen a fair bit as well. Yeah, as the, he, he as was the sort, sort of, of like... foil, I guess. It was like the not the an well, not foil, but of... an extra sort of carry yeah, the story yeah, sort yeah. of person, like you know. Was it the guy who drove in the three wheeled car? Um, no, the, the, no. The, I was just going to say about that. Now, um, the, st- the stunts were all done real, and there was actually um, a man inside the car. I mean, Richard may have watched the documentary, and they yeah. explained about this. There was a man inside the car with a sort of a screen, the sort of. That's uh, so that was done. That was for the armchair on top of the mini, wasn't it? Yeah, the armchair on top yeah, of the mini. Yeah, uh, speaking about yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the the, the driver of the. The, the blue three wheeler was never revealed. That was. That oh was no, no 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 no! That, that was just was a running a stick. gag, wasn't it? That was just a running <laughs> gag. Yeah, but, just a running um, gag. Yeah, Roman Atkinson starred throughout the entire series. The only um, reoccurring character was that of his girlfriend, uh, who I believe was called Irma, if I'm correct. Yeah. Um, and her last appearance was in the Christmas episode with the the turkey on on the head, <laughs> and um, yeah, and uh, Richard Curtis actually came up with our came up with that idea um, again as he spoke of recently in that show we'll be talking about uh, whilst he was having his Christmas dinner he sort of came up with that um, that idea so that's came about really and uh, yeah uh, Mr Bean is appar- apparently one of the most recognisable faces in the world and it's been played in almost every country yeah. um, and it's because it's so easy to just you know well, there's, there's very little translation you don't need yeah this is almost it's nothing so um it, it can be played anywhere and instantly recognisable face. Um, I think, I, I, like I'm sure Ronakin said that that was the initial goal, was to have this sort of moot character that, you know, you didn't need to get, you didn't need exactly words that. to get comedy across. It was just all of his own actions. A lot of it's sort of slapstick and stuff like it's that. Like a mind model. In, 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 a, in a sense, in yeah, a, in yeah. a sense it's, um, it's, somewhat, it's somewhat genius because it's like incredibly universal. You could play yeah. that anywhere, yeah. and most people would, you know, find some humour within it. You can just yeah, that's that's, that's had, the beauty of it. I think there were some um, uh, there were some good guest stars in there. You know, you had uh, what's his name from One Foot in the Grave, uh, Richard Wilson. Richard Wilson was the dentist. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah, the dentist. Uh, you had Angus Deaton was in a couple as well. Um, yeah, he was, regular, he was yeah. He was friend. Angus Deaton actually was uh, when Rowan Axon did a stage show, where it was kind of like the precursor to what you described earlier. Where they were testing like um, things out, it was like how to date one hundred and one and stuff like that. And Angus Deaton would actually be the narrator, um, on stage right. narrator, and Rowan Axon would just be acting out all these things. Um, so they were they were friends for for a while before that. Um, that was before he publicly disgraced himself. Right? Yeah. Old, uh, yeah, Angus Deaton. Uh, what what happened there? Dirty Deaton. Um, I'll Google the exact facts because it's a long <laughs> fucking time ago. Yeah. Yeah, why, 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 um, I was thinking that name for a long time. What Sean is doing, I had to keep the flow moving. Um, the last Bean episode um, aired in October of '95. Good night, Mister Bean, obviously. But mm-hmm. then the uh, the first Bean film came out. Simply type of Bean um, came out in 1996. The uh, not that I know of came out '96. <laughs> um, the turkey joke um, resurfaced. Um, interesting little fact, though. Um, yeah. that uh, the turkey sort of thing appeared in French and I think there were some disreferences over like saying that, that Bean had copied yeah. French even though it was Bean that came up with the idea yeah. um, and that was that was referenced as well in that documentary I watched recently yeah because uh, it, it was 
It was, uh, uh, so, sorry, sorry to jump in. It, it was originally in the bean film. So what we see in the bean film now is that he stuffs the turkey into the microwave and it just That's explodes. Right, yeah. He slams it but in and he slams it in. The initial idea was to reuse the turkey gag from the series and put it on his head. Yeah. But when they were showing it to like studio execs and all that, they were like, like why are you... Yeah, the fr- why the French thing came about by then, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's the thing. The French thing that came about, and they were like, no, "Friends, friends ripped us off." <laughs> you know, yeah, that yeah, that's the thing. thing. Um, so in the end, I know, I know, I know there was a bit of, yeah. there was a bit of, uh, bit of uh, confusion over over that whole turkey scenario. Yeah, in, in the end, they canned it because they didn't want to have that sort of comparison, I guess. Uh, but um, the bean, I love the bean movie. Um, uh, like I remember, uh, I remember going. The to, first one's alright. I remember going to the cinema uh, with my mother to see it when it came out, and she said that she hadn't heard me laugh so much in all my life. They're like, to the point where I was laughing so much that people were looking at me because I was laughing so much. I, like, Sounds like you got too many cans of pops, oh, to be honest. Growing up, growing up, but I love Mr. Bean. Like, to this day, <laughs> if, if, I, if I could meet Rowan Atkinson, that would just make, that would just make my life. Like, that's brilliant. Like, he's really influential character but, um, I'll give her another year and we'll have him doing a cast uh, okay. video <laughs> what, what, one, one thing I quickly wanted to say though was Mr Bean actually wasn't a very nice man though if you think about it well, he's horrible. he was, he was very sort of, weirdo. very putting himself first very self-centred um, yeah. you know he's stabbing in the back type of person it's very he wasn't a very nice man yet we somewhat sympathised with him in the sort of New Year's episode when they sort of all like Leave him, uh, leave him be, like, don't they? They turn the clock back and whatnot, yeah. and leave him for dead. Well, son. But he, he wasn't a very nice man. I, I'd be honest with you, Mister Bean wasn't a very nice man at all. No, Do you agree I think with the that? roller coaster bit where he's just like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's asleep on the roller coaster. One of my, one of my, one of my favorites is when he's got the hand in the back pocket. Yeah. And he follows he follows the man into the cubicle and he passes him the toilet bowl and, and the man is like thank you for a brief second the man is like thank you yeah <laughs> that's genius genius I like it when he goes to the beach and he like oh. comes out of his trousers and he's like he flicks it all up it's hilarious that, 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 oh, that's like that sketch with with the trousers the trousers and he he goes to all that effort and it's really good how he takes off you know puts his trunks over his trousers then takes everything off underneath it. Just for the punchline to be revealed that the guy that's on the beach that he's hiding everything from is blind. You just think blind, that yeah. that's just such a good. <laughs> that's a very weird location yeah. as well, isn't it? It's like a beach with like yeah. huge yeah, really high types. I, I'm wondering where yeah. that is. Actually, I did look into it once. I did um, miserable British seaside. Town. Yeah, it's a very strange looking little beach, though, isn't it? Huge steps down to it. So, so you you said speaking about, of beaches, Mr. Bean's Holiday is a terrible film. The second one is. It wasn't, it wasn't that bad. Uh, it's all right, didn't it? It's all right. It wasn't that bad. It was nowhere near as good as the first. <laughs> but, no. Um, they went more for a film. I think one of the best bits about that is Willem Dafoe's awful film that's actually in that film that's being promoted again. <laughs> <laughs> and like how bad that film is at being an artsy film, but he's just like, this is amazing and all that stuff. Like. Where do you stand on the Mr. Bean cartoon? Which came out afterwards. I don't mind it. I haven't. I haven't watched. I haven't watched it like all of it or anything. I've just seen the odd episode here and there. But I don't mind it. I think it's all right. He, he, he did. He did all. He did all the um, the, yeah. the 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 um, the mannerisms, ad libs, and all the noises for it. Um, Rowan did. Um, great. Yeah, it's quite enjoyable. Uh, they, they we, we grew up with someone who was also often told that he looked like Mr. Bean. Oh and, God! Uh, yeah, all this conversation all I've had in my head is uh, that guy's face. <laughs> <laughs> poor, poor man. 
It doesn't look like Mr. Bean anymore. No. <laughs> yeah, the animation not, was not. good, though. Very enjoyable. Um, it could go places that the series perhaps yeah. couldn't go to as well. And uh, you, you were saying very much involved with it still. It, I think. You were saying, Gab, I was symp- sympathising with him as well, saying it was difficult. It's like I know, I know you know this. I, th- I think we all do. That the only moment I've ever cried at on telly is Mr. Bean. That's literally the like sad cry, not like oh, the cry. car crush. Yeah, the car crush when his when his mini oh, gets crushed by a tank. You know, only time, green miles only time I've ever only time I've ever cried at a TV show or film. <laughs> Have you not seen the green mile? Yeah, nowhere near as sad as Mr. Bean's car getting crushed. <laughs> what about what about the dog in future? Did you see his face? He literally just buys this cupcake and he's like. <laughs> and then he turns round, and then he just, he's just like, and he drops the cupcake, and he just walks up to the car. But then the best bit about that, the credits roll or whatever, it's all really sad, like sad music. Yeah. As soon as the credits it's finish, he just goes yeah. down to the the car, gets his screwdriver out, takes the padlock off, and goes. The <laughs> padlock. <just> <laughs> it's just like. It is sad. Yeah. It, is, it is sad. But uh, Christ, I can't imagine. So, yeah. Um, what about the I'm dog from I'm going to leave oh, Mr. Bean was, on. on was, was, was he, was he <laughs> an <laughs> alien? Was he sent down from God, from heaven? Was he an angel? What was Mr. Bean? He was, he was beamed down. He was beamed down. What is he? Is he, is he not of this world? That's something I'd like a discussion on. If you are... Up for discussion. I, I would enjoy a conversation well, with with somebody of sane mind. Um, <laughs> regarding if, if, if Mr. Bean is an alien, an angel, or, or, or not of this world. I'd love well, the thing is, he wasn't it. like, um, you say beamed down, but he wasn't gently placed. He was kind he was of thrown, thrown down, wasn't <laughs> he? Yeah, he was like, yeah. Yeah, down, like but... I, so either he was like a rejected alien, then, or, or like he was a person that was abducted, and they've just. Yeah, exactly. This is what I'm thinking. Was he abducted by aliens? But he thought, oh, we abducted. don't want this guy. So we're yeah, just chucking him yeah, back out. That's yeah. another thing. Or, or, like, he suffered brain damage from the force that he hits the pavement with. Are there, are there theories online about this? I would, love to, I would love to know if there are theories online about this. I really would. It's like um, Blackadder in reverse there, the first season. He's really clever. Then he gets right, shot uh, out of the spaceship and he's <laughs> dull as fuck from that point yeah. on. Or he's forgotten how to speak or whatever, you know. Yeah, I'd I'd I'd, lo- I'd love to look more into this. So I really would when when the time. Right there, fanfic. Get on it. <laughs> I'm gonna move on to uh, one foot in the grave next. I don't. Oh yeah, speaking of one foot in the grave, Angus Deaton. Um, Angus Deaton. Nothing too sinister actually. I remember it being a big thing when I was a, uh, I was a kid. But um, uh, the news of the world exposed um, probably by hacking his phone. That fucking cunts. Um, he's one, they he's one of the phone hacks, was he? Yeah, yeah, it probably was just a, probably just another news of the world. Uh, Robert Murdoch, uh, Piers Morgan approved phone hack. Um, yeah, he was exposed as enjoying cocaine and prostitutes, oh. as if okay. nobody in the British press or uh, showbiz world enjoys cocaine and prostitutes. Well, I was just about to say so. So that that's not it. That yeah. <laughs> doesn't come with our lifestyle. Like you know what I mean? <laughs> I say no more. I say no more. Uh, like yeah, he was, uh, he was yeah, sacked no off. The the BBC I remember remember they were delayed in tacking him and like it was a couple of episodes of um, Have I Got News for You when um, like Ian Hislop and stuff were just ripping into him over it like because <laughs> he was the host when he and um, then obviously he got he lost his job over it and that was more or less the last you've seen of him unless he's done something else since and I'm just a fucking idiot but yeah uh, yeah that was uh, that was that for the benefit anyway, of the tape. I recreated a scene from um, Wolf Up in the Grave using one of Sean Sotty's dogs. This 
floating about uh, somewhere near the net. But uh, I did many I, sausage dogs floating. Around. I I did I did um, reluctantly use um, one of his dogs as a prop to. Um, Wrong colour dog though. He used a tan yeah, dash rather that's than the, the thing, black. That's... Black and tan, which was the official colour. In thing the, is, in the thing is, the, he'd grown too big by that point, didn't he? Arthur? Arth- Arthur's like... too big and nasty for that. So he, he's a snarler. So he's a cat, but he'd have me. He'd have me. Arthur would, Arthur would get me for that. That's the thing. But um, yeah, I'm one foot in the grave. Um, Four two nine one. One foot in the grave. Nineteen ninety to two thousand. And I want to say, I'll just say this quickly. Um, one of the worst decisions in the history of. Entire British comedy was uh, Richard knows exactly what he was to kill off Mr. Victor yeah, Meldrew. Yeah, what a complete mistake! Wait. And I think that's probably the one, probably many people would agree that's one of the most unpopular decisions ever made. There was no need to kill off Victor Meldrew. I'm sorry for anyone who has never seen it, but you should have by now, let's be honest. But to kill, <laughs> to kill off Victor Meldrew yeah. was one of the worst decisions in TV history, as far as I'm concerned. It really was. There was no need, absolutely no was, need. Why? Just why was, do that? It was almost do you like, believe it? It was all. It was. It was almost yeah. like. Uh, it was almost like they thought like, oh, the show's called One Foot in the Grave. Let's finish it. He's going to die. He's going to finish. Yeah. That's oh, and it, it, it kind of fits with the whole like downer ending thing. What, what, what a horrible has, death but, as well. It was. Oh, it's awful. Yeah. There's no need for it. No need. What did he die of? If you don't mind me. Uh, he got hit. He got hit and run. Accident, didn't he? Hit and run. Hit and run. Terrible. Yeah. Yeah. True Again, British fashion, it, but honestly. Bear, bear, bear <laughs> in mind, though, this is a family comedy show. There is no need to kill him off. Absolutely no need. I, I, it's, it's, it's terrible. But yeah, that run from uh, that run from nineteen ninety 1990 to nineteen ninety five with the final series in in two thousand. Uh, but um, as I Eric say, I, again, I, I've got I have very very bitter feelings towards um, very very bitter feeling towards how they should have wrapped things up on my foot in the grave. There is just no. Is need it like, are we it. talking like Kate Nash bitter? Yes, absolutely. It's like an episode of Community, isn't it? When uh, when they break Abed and they make him watch like Downton Abbey or something, and he watches like three episodes in, and they all just drink cyanide and die. Like, well, exactly. I mean, Abed's not a Downton Abbey kind of man. We know he's not a Downton Abbey kind of man. But um, yeah, that's that's my one foot in the grave piece. Um, I, I feel very bitter towards um, the decision made there. Um, I don't know anybody else feels about it, but um, I've said. Yeah. My I don't think piece. I've ever seen that episode all the way through the, the finale. Yeah, going very strong with that guy. I gotta say, <laughs> going 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 back to like the sort of our trip to Ireland, if you recall. So we we, we visited Craggy Island, you know, Father Ted's house or whatever. That's right. And then that's right. the reason we went there was to go to my uh, my cousin Joe's Fahey Fest. Fahey Fest, yeah, family Fest, as they call it. Family that's a plug Fest, for you, by, there, Joe, by the way, I know you're listening. Yeah, um, family Fest, family Fest, as they call it. Fest Fest, the Irving family, family of Richard Myrick. Um, and in that particular festival, me and you did a performance of the theme song for One Foot in the Grave. We did, and um, that's not I was very, I was, again, as always with my performances, I was very reluctant and I, I, I melt down about um, recorded, uh, performing that one, but I did it. Eh? It was very good. And um, it went down pretty well, and people were singing along and laughing. Um, and there, was, there was a video of it on point. There is. That, it's, um, uh, it's online, I think. I think uh, I took it down. Do I think I, I took it down to uh, due to a, a rebrand of our um oh yeah of our right. musical career. But yeah, um, I performed one foot in the grave and uh, it went down pretty well. Because you're in, um, yeah, I also performed a version of 
um, David Grace Babylon, but um, Sean was asleep at that point, or sort of in a half dream yeah. state of. And, uh, and, I woke uh, up; the entire band was going without me, like the full full start stuff. I I had a, I had a full backing band band for David Grace Babylon as well. I had like yeah, keyboards, guitars, bass, drums. Everything. I was a fucking front man. You had the and, cream uh, of the crop of the Irish elite musicians. <laughs> it felt good. I had really, really real, good. real strong backing band then. Uh, it felt good. It felt good. Some would argue I was pitch perfect, but uh, I never <laughs> went to blow my own trumpet. We all know that was in the Bulldog Hotel in uh, Aspen. I'm sure that. Yeah. a cat bird jumping up. He's going mental. She rather. Um, that was a good yeah, first, though, that far. He first is very, very strong homemade wine that absolutely <laughs> ruined me. Oh, my God. But you and, you and Jamesy had a fair bit of that wine. Oh, uh, oh Jamesy, Christ, he had bloody ten of that, he did. Delicious. I'm a borderline alcoholic, and um, homemade wine is a no for me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it never ends. Less than a little day, like. Blah, blah. I keep thinking, i got to make it, because like, oh, no, it's not going to I'm going to back on to another uh, Rick Mail project. Um, arguably said his most famous um, bottom we're going to talk about bottom very quickly um, again bottom Ed Edmondson Rick Mayall, um Ed from 1991 to 1995 three series um, obviously starring uh, the two characters again um, with uh, reoccurring performances from Chris Ryan who was also in The Young Ones as, uh, as Dave Hedgehog um, Dave Hedgehog isn't it? and Spud Gun great Spud Gun was a cracking character I mind as well um, yeah so they were sort of like two sort of um I don't know why they were like perverted, sort of. Uh... Sleazy, bottom. I've re watched bottom. It's so fucking What would you call them? I love my sleaze, but it's like awkward. What would you really call them? I don't even know what you'd call them, really, but. Um, anoraks. Absolute, absolute anoraks, chaotic, perverted, um, sexually oppressed uh, men who lived in a, in a grotty flat, extreme grime, grotty, run down sort of flat, um, very violent sort of slapstick humour. Um, but yeah, that run from uh, uh, 91 95, various stage shows. Um, I've, I've got a few of the live DVDs, actually. A couple of live shows and things. Hotel they had. Guest House Paradiso, yeah, 1999. Guest House Paradiso, the film came out. Um, yeah, uh, that's about it, really. Um, you, you, know, you know the typical kind of humour with them. It's just very, very... Very slapstick, very slapstick, very much beating yeah. each other up. And, yeah, exactly. And, uh, <laughs> Rick Mill's the worst as well. Violent comedy and uh, proper sleazy shit. That's uh, how they roll. Uh, when they're stealing gas from their neighbours, probably the best one. The gas man, yeah, great, great. Well, so when they chuck him on top of a bus and they were like, uh, I've gone bus surfing okay. or whatever, mate. Well, the gas man <laughs> was the gas man. There's a burglar one as well, wasn't it? Um, when they stuck on a Ferris wheel in one as well. Oh, that's great then. He's sort of walking along, yeah. getting a pint, and he's sort of walking along the wires, getting a pint. Great show though. Uh, Edward uh, Elizabeth Hitler and uh, uh, Richard uh, Richard Richard. Um, great name. Um, Richard Richard. Yeah. <laughs> interesting fact at the bottom. Um, the one of the episodes um, uh, contest um, physically looks a lot different to other episodes within our series. Reason being because it was originally meant to be the pilot. And it was actually filmed in 1989, which was two years um, before Bottom Ed. Um, but this actually ended up being the third episode of Series 1. Third episode of Series 1, despite being filmed in 1989. So when you look at it, you think, Christ, look a little bit weird, but they look a bit, a little bit different, but, uh, but the way they've placed it, like what was intended to be the pilot, they sort of slotted in as a... As an episode, it's like the, the Simpsons first... roasting on open fire, isn't it? That's the first yeah. one ever filmed. Uh, and it ends up as the last one on season two, no, yeah. one, 
Or is it the other way around? It ends up as the... Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I get you, though. I get you. Um, I'm sure we covered that. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's part time. I'm going to fly through this now because I'm very conscious this is going on for like five hours. Um, anything else? Anybody, anybody, any Rick Mail things people have had bought them? Um, R.I.P. Rick Mail. Uh, Joe loves um, Drop Dead Fred. The great, film. Yeah, great show. Yeah. When, he, when he's got the dog poo and he's stuck in the dog poo, through, he? and uh, great. <laughs> Rick Mail, Rick Mail was, uh, was, was uh, way ahead of his time, always was, very influential. Um, again, sadly, no longer with us. Um, but yeah, love the young ones, love bottom. Uh, they also did like Fifty Rich and Cat Flap, which I'm not too familiar with. Um, Don't forget Lord Flashheart, son. Yeah, Flashheart. Uh, what? Great, great character. Fantastic, Rick Mail. Fantastic. Um, so I'm going to leave that there on bottom and and the young ones and and the whole legacy of uh, of Rick Mail. Big fan. Love his work. Um, I'm going to go up on to keep keep appearances quickly. Um. Uh, because of the, we keep with the, with the Richard vibes. A lot of Richards. We had Richard, Richard, from Richard, Richard to Richard. Um, <laughs> we're gonna go to keep it appearances again. British sitcom Roy Clark, who uh, produced a lot of other uh, wrote or whatever a lot of other shows. Uh, Roy Clark actually did last of summer wine as well. Um, yeah, and open all hours, I believe. Um, yeah, uh, keep it appearances though from nineteen ninety 1990 to nineteen ninety five. Highest bouquet. She had a DS above her station. She thought she was um, sort of. Uh, a higher class than she was. Um, she wanted to climb the social ladder, so to speak. Um, uh, their name was obviously Bucket, uh, Richard and Hyacinth Bucket. Uh, she insisted that to any any Tom, Dick or Harry that it was pronounced Bouquet, as we know. A Bouquet residence. Um, so yeah, that's it really. But I mean, I, I throw in keep your appearances because it, it was a, a real regular, you know, of... Of the nineties, like so. Um, Sunday television, that's, but that's what I remember. Yeah, and, and it, to a extent, it's very, it's very non-offensive. It's very family sort of humor. Anybody kind of watch it. Um, it was between so, that and uh, songs of praise, and last of summer. Yeah, it's very, very much that something like doing. Yeah. Um, Awful. But, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah we, we've got that in. We've got that in. You had, you had, you had your, you had your, na- you had your neighbor who was, who was terrified of high sense when he used to hide from her. And uh, and and Richard sort of tolerated with her, didn't he? And uh, you know she'd be driving along. Mind the pedestrian, Richard. Mind the pedestrian. A pedestrian would be like about three meters away, you know. Mind the pedestrian, Richard. And, I always uh, got Oslo uh, confused with Rabsy Nesbit. Oslo, very similar character. Yeah, very similar character to a sort of Rab. He sort of a, like a slob, sort of layabout character. But again, very nice man, but a very layabout slob character. Um, you know, was always in his in his vest and stuff. Much like Rab, um, yeah. That's fishnet, sort of, fishnet um, vest, yeah, don't know. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that was sort of. Um, whoever, whoever, like. That was sort of sort of side of the family, which she's kind of trying to keep a secret because she was trying to go for this whole upper class kind of vibe, was she? And that was the. You whole know sort of what? Thing I know someone it. who fucking matches this perfectly, and I'm not going to say who they are, obviously, but it's <laughs> fucking funny now that you're saying it like this. Like, and, uh, uh, it's been so long since I've seen the. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a funny show. It's very enjoyable. It's, again, nothing offensive. A nice, a nice to laugh at. Nice light humor. Um, yes, um, I think I think the character who played um, the character who played Richard uh, died about uh, two years ago as well. Actually, I think. Did that, he? Um, yeah, there's never been a, never been any remakes or any sort of revivals of though. So uh, that, that's that's right, really. That's that's key to appearances. Um, unless anyone has got anything to say, I'll move on. Nah, man. 
That's uh, like I said, oh, it's just part of my Sunday viewing as a child. That was yeah, it's just a nice show to watch, isn't it? Isn't it? I'm going to move on to Alan Partridge very quickly then. Um, aha! I'm going to move on to Alan Partridge. <laughs> He's a bloody mentalist. Um, <laughs> Got here, big spastic and a mentalist. Um, the character of Alan Partridge was created from 1991 uh, for the BBC Radio Four comedy program on the hour, which was a, a spoof sort of current affairs program. Um, Later, it was featured as a sketch on the Chris Morris show, uh, Day to Day. I, oh, Tom was it now? Chris Morris from, like, um, oh, the Day to Day. That's fucking fantastic. Like that. That's a yeah. really, really um, good show. Um, go on YouTube, just type in Best of Day to Day. You'll have uh, you know, hours of entertainment there. Really good yeah, show. Yeah, I've seen a lot of that. Well, that's what Partridge, that's what Partridge was um, was featured on originally. Then Partridge kind of came um, into his own then with Knowing Me, Knowing You. Aha. Uh-huh. Um, which, uh, which came from that. Um, <laughs> later that year, so that was around nineteen ninety four as well, I believe. And then in nineteen ninety seven, C. Coogan uh, starred in I'm Alan Partridge, which sort of followed his life since that, when he was like living in a roadside at a motel travel tavern, um, working for a small like independent um, local radio station. Oh, I love Alan Partridge; um, it's one of my favourites, actually. <laughs> No, all I was saying when I was playing in the Wales's premier grindcore band, we once drove to London to do a show with um, Cockpass Babtridge uh, oh, spray Cockpass paint on Babtridge. the side of our car. Which was um, uh, it was there was rude, rude daubings of Cockpiss Partridge, which was sort of edited to look less offensive. Uh, Cockpass Babtridge was actually yeah. That's, that's right. right. That's right. No, I can't. Which one did we have? Did, did I have the edited version? You had, I had cock pass. I think you had cook cook pass cook pass. Yeah. You still had a giant uh, cock yeah. drawn on the side of the car as well. Which I how we didn't get pulled over in London. Maybe not in did, on the M4. Did, did I wash off easily? I wonder. Or was that just permanent cock cook pass? No, it was. It was on there for a few weeks. But it did wash off eventually. We used that. Um, it was a, one of the Seat versions of the Ford Galaxy. I can't think what the the name of the car is but um yeah we, we used it again i know that um, um it was will's car it was i know that, i know that will will within you will within your band you played in at the time um was a big part just fine because he turned up in a shower curtain with like the biscuits he on did. the face and and the tanks and yeah. tip screws uh, which is um uh a scene from from uh this series of i'm alan part that i just mentioned i know i i, I he played, he he played the entire fan. gig with the show with the shower curtain around him huh and the, well, there was the Halloween gig, wasn't it? Halloween gig, yeah. He played, he played the entire... Custard creams. It was weird because he was the only one that was dressed up. Like, no one else dressed up. That's and right, he was yeah. dressed up in a shower curtain and everyone thought we were fucking proper uh, men. But I, I, not, I really yeah. appreciated it though because I got this such obscure reference. That was I'm Alan Partridge. Uh, Partridge returned in 2010 with what was originally um, an online series of shorts. Um, I think it was for Fosters or whatever that, that were sponsoring or whatever. Um... But then that became Mid Morning Matters, um, transferred onto a more TV-based format. That was Mid Morning Matters, uh, packaged and polished as a TV show. Um, several specials happened since, and uh, 2013, the film Alpha Papa um, was released, which had um, the Irish man from um, Star Trek, called, what's his name? Um, O'Brien? O'Brien? O'Brien, yeah. Call me. Yeah, yeah, yeah O'Brien, call me. O'Brien was one of the main stars yeah. with... Um, with Steve Coogan in, in that film, a very good character. He played a sort of um, uh, um, an Irish DJ who was sort of having a breakdown and took the place hostage and stuff because he'd lost his radio show. Great film, great film, Alpha Papa. 
Call me and he's great. He's, he should, he's not in that much stuff, though, really, is he? Like, he's good not actor. really, no. He's always more of a supporting actor. He's in Die Hard like, 2. Uh, always. Uh, yes, that's yes, the yeah, but more pilot. a supporting actor within that as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's in um, a, a supporting actor in Con Air as well. He's on the ground yeah. with John Cusack. But, and um, um, he's also I, I like in Layer Cake as a supporting actor again as well. It's a background character. O'Brien, is, he, he's, um, he's not quite, he was not quite a main character, was he, in, in Next Gen? He was not quite... Uh, Deep Space no, Nine. He wasn't he always, was, he was, yeah, yeah, Deep Space, Space Nine. Yeah. He was the guy, like, yeah. Yeah, the IT crowd um, premiered in 2006 for Series 6 episode. Um, although a fifth, a fifth series was commissioned, it never actually happened. It never was never was produced. A little factory there. Oh, uh, there's one off episode, however... In in uh, in two thousand and thirteen, and that was it really. The show was wrapped up. Um, obviously, you see you see a lot of them and stuff as well. Richard Iodey, is that how you say it? Iodey, yeah. Pops up a lot. Um, Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. Oh, um, yeah, that that show was based around the Renham Industries. And one of the running gags was you never really knew what Renham Industries actually did. Yeah, it's never really sort of said. Is it? Like, what do they actually do? We don't really know. This day, um, I suppose if you're working in the IT department, you don't really know what the company no. does, or you're outsourced oh, like an MSP. Chris Chris Moss's character, sorry to interrupt. Chris Moss's character was Denim Renum. Denim Renum. Yeah, and then and then Eric, Douglas Eric was um, was Matt Berry then, but uh, ah yes, yeah. it was just the beginning Money of all supermarket. Oh. <laughs> he's got he's got like a, a perfect sort of like uh, radio I won't stand in your way <laughs> it's great Matt Berry's voice is cracking to- Toast of London he was in as well didn't he also do I've seen a few with that he said fire the nuclear weapons I've I seen I've seen him doing a few takes of that I've seen a bit of that bit he's of also that. got a meditation and relaxation um, thing on YouTube I remember linking that before <laughs> yeah he's, he's doing a proper relaxation thing isn't he yeah he's <laughs> great yeah. <laughs> Is it ASMR? Close your eyes. He's also a voice. He's um, the voice of the pig, is he? Merkaba. He's Merkaba in oh, Disenchant. That's a fucker, yeah. Cracking voice, cracking voice. Ah. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's the IT crowd, really. Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh... <laughs> IT, IT crowd is just pop culture, but it's, it's all pop culture, really. I, I mean, for, like for, Remember that time we... Uh, for, for you, for you, for you <laughs> insert reference. Work, I'd, li- I'd like to think that... Um, for for your type of work, that's that's referenced quite often. Uh, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's trivialised my entire <laughs> fucking existence. Oh, yeah, nice. so that was that was the IT crowd. I'm going to move on very quickly. Unless anyone's got anything else to add. Uh, yeah, so that kind of you know had some other great shows such as Black Books uh, with Dylan Moran, Bill Bailey, uh, Bernard Black. You seen that great show? Uh, Manny with yeah, his yeah. Bragging show. Uh, you had Space then, which saw the sort of introduction of Simon Simon Pegg, yeah. Nick Frost. Um, various sort of um, guest stars, and now uh, you know, and that that would that would lead us up to uh, a, a introduction, sort of uh, to the various films they'd be in, but the trilogy is such um, very similar yeah. jokes, very similar humor. Um, Space Grid Show essentially was uh, was a couple that um, had to pretend to be a couple to rent a flat. Basically, it was uh, funny enough that uh, Cheryl from the royal family played. Uh, the uh, the character of Daisy in there, uh, Jessica Stevenson. Oh, uh, yeah, fan of space. I'll be honest. Uh, it, it um, I enjoyed I, that I again. Enjoy very um, very offbeat. Uh, yeah, laugh track though, wasn't it? Was it a laugh track? Yeah. Oh, was it? 
<laughs> was it a laugh track? In space? <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm pretty sure that's what put me off. Uh. I don't know. It's been a while since I've watched Space. It's it a bit of an alternative sort of uh, comedy here. I'll have a look into that. Pulled us all out. Now we made us look like poses, and we haven't seen it. <laughs> laugh track on it. I got, I got, I got space. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll quickly move on to the UK office. I, to, for the benefit of the tape, I've never seen an episode of the US office, and I'm no. not covering that, so well, I'm good, going to man. talk about it's, I got, it's better it's, than apart, the UK one. Apparently, yeah. it's very good and it's very funny, and everybody tells me to watch it. Um, I maybe will watch yeah, it. Watch it. But, um, it. It's weird because it surpassed the sort of reign of the UK office. Yeah. Well, the U, again, the UK office was a short British comedy. There was like six episodes in, uh, of well, two two seasons of six episodes or thereabouts. Really short, bang. I know the UK is it America one still going. Uh, quite possibly it's, it's just, the medical managers it's become their own thing to the point where it's people done, yeah. even forgot about uh, David Brent's office it's crazy but yeah, well, I'm not, I wouldn't Brent's... say they forgot about it because it pretty much launched Ricky Gervais didn't it oh crazy the office surely yeah, yeah, I, I like I the office it's funny as fuck I, I, you know, British long, 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 long story I'm short I'm going to quickly run us through Ricky Gervais's office <laughs> class <laughs> the, the military guy is fucking hilarious man what's his uh, name so uh he's Dwight in uh, in the American one I can't remember what his name is in in, in the British one might be Dwight Uh, I don't know (laughs) Darren Darren is it Darren Uh, it's something skinny guy Mackenzie Crook who was in Detective very much enjoyed he's also the uh, one of the undead guys in Pirates of the Caribbean certainly is certainly is Mackenzie Crook uh, very very good writers but he wrote the um the Wurzel Gummidge thing as well, which I really enjoyed. It was all over the Christmas period and the previous Christmas as well. Great, great, uh, great show. The Office, mockumentary style sitcom, um, 2001 to 2003, uh, with some specials. And, of course, the film Life on the Road, uh, which came out in 2016. Uh, written and directed by Ricky Gervais and Stephen Merchant. Stephen Merchant stars... Uh, in, in one or, or even two episodes as as Augie. Augie, 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 oi, 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 Augie, oi, Augie, oi, Augie, 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 oi, oi, oi. Yeah, Augie, he's in it. Steve Merchant uh, in a slow slow branch of Wernham Hogg. Um, and, and, and specialists. Great show, great show. Uh, very, 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 very good indeed. You've got Big Keith as well. Um, Big Keith? And you got that guy who was in The Hobbit as well. He was in it, wasn't he? Martin Freeman, yeah. Martin oh, Freeman. Really? Um, yeah, it's good. It's a good show. I like uh, it. Yeah, just, I just didn't find it funny. <laughs> just couldn't get into it. Uh, Cracking show, but very, very sort of cringe-worthy humour. Um, awkward sort of, and it's just like it's the slight like eye glances at the camera and stuff, yeah. which is yeah. so perfect. It's just sort of, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's kind yeah. of like, and, and it's like, oh, it's like really cringy and awkward. Love it. And Gervais is a master at the sort of cringe. Comedy and um, which I'll move on to yeah. extras actually, unless we want to talk more about the office. But um, no, extras is more is more of an extension of the same thing. Extras uh, celeb- about two thousand and five focused on the struggling Andy Millman, who was uh, an extra, and and his friend Maggie, who also did extra work. Um, Darren Lamb, played by Steve Merchant, um, who had a bigger role in this. Um, Barry from Stenders, isn't it? As well, don't forget Sean Barry Williamson. Williamson. Was his, um, he was his agent. Sean Williamson, our friend, um, who played the fictionalized version of Barry from EastEnders. <laughs> love Sean Williamson and I love Barry from EastEnders. Always have big love for Barry. Um, uh, 
Yeah, but the show's most noticeable guest, in my honest opinion, would be that of the late David Bowie, who actually um, yeah. created the little musical number um, for the show, uh, poking fun at uh, Andy Mimmel's character. And um, yeah, yeah, that was uh, sad get, little fat man. Is that what it yeah, is? Sad sad man, man. Nose, but you don't, you don't yeah. get better than having having David Bowie. Let's be honest. You try and try and trump down. You can't. You can't get better than that, really. Yeah, and, yeah, Ross uh, Kemp said. Yeah, Ross Kemp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was Vinnie, Vinnie Jones, Jones as well. Vinnie Jones, Jones did it. Fucking. Yeah, you were, you were, you were, uh, Daniel Radcliffe. Uh, I, I was, I was from the the uh, the, the Les right, Dennis yeah. uh, episode. Uh, absolutely hilarious. Mine. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. And the one, the Keith Cheggers one. Um, all of them are great, but um, <laughs> yeah. to, to have David Bowie in there, something special on it. Let's be honest. What is it? Oh, my, girl, my girlfriend died. <laughs> <laughs> what did he say? Uh, Keith, Keith was um Betty, my sister today. No, that was uh, <laughs> yeah, that was Keith Jagger. That was that was Keith Jagger. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, uh, come on, Keith, come on, Keith. And uh, that's great. I love love Chegwin. Again, he's sadly wrong with us, but um, oh, Chegwin was great in that. God rest his soul. But um, yeah. <laughs> you, you don't you don't you don't you don't get much better than having David Bowie in 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 a. In your comedy sitcom is what I'm getting at, really. That's, that's top tier stuff, I is fair play. Who do you think that is yeah. there? Uh, Tell you what, have yeah. you seen them? What's the, um, what's the, um, uh, one when he's in like a home? That's the only Ricky yeah, Jones. Derek. I've never seen that's that. Derek. That's Derek. That comes out a bit later, laddie. That comes out in the past, uh, for years, laddie. Riding Derek. backwards on a pig. That's right. Um, monkey riding, uh, Big monkey, when a big monkey. It was very sad that show was. Oh my god. Oh, it was a lovely show, really nice show. Yeah, very heartwarming. Very well written, very heartwarming. And afterlife as well, I really do enjoy. That's nice as well. Second nope. season, fucking failure, man. Sorry. Never I've not seen the second series, actually. Think, thinking about it. Take that back. I've not seen the second series. All, all, all talking shit on something you don't know about. Uh, no, it was just it just it, it didn't expand on the stuff from season one. It just kind of oh. went nowhere, really, personally. No, I haven't seen that yet. Um, so we we've talked a little bit about Gervais's sort of influence on the on the uh, the two thousands era comedy. And uh, unless anyone has got anything else to add, no, fuck it. I'm going to move on to something. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, something I know Gene Jenkins can certainly hold his own on. I'm gonna quickly talk about Peep Show. Uh, David Mitchell wrote Web. Uh, Hi, Sophie. 2000, 2003 till 2015, uh, and apparently it was the longest running comedy um, on Channel 4 in history. Yeah, only because they cut the ages between seasons. Like, there's nothing, they just took fucking massive gaps. Like, yeah, that's the thing. Boom, 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 was, as, as we said recently when we spoke, how everybody looks remarkably like different in, um, you know, the latter sort of. Uh, that's true. Right. They started out in the twenties and they finished doing it in their forties. It's fucking ridiculous. East London, is it? East London, Apollo House, isn't it? Cracking. Yeah. Yeah, I could, I could do a peep show podcast. It was, maybe, I have to, maybe, thank, maybe I have to thank save... Tom for getting me into peep show. Yeah, peep show. I've I've mentioned peep show. Uh, whether we want to expand up on that any further, um, I recently binge watched uh, peep show um, due to Gene Jenkins' recommendation throughout one of my lockdown breakdowns, and I enjoyed. Yeah, enjoyed David Mitchell. So, Hi Sophie, hi hi Sophie. I mean, uh, that's that's a bird. That's a bit really. That's pretty much summed up Peep Show. Hi Sophie, it's a bit really, and uh, great show, great show. Yeah, we can we can uh, the last beamer in town out here on on Peep Show and uh, the we last beamer in Saigon. Yeah, <laughs> we can pick that another time. But um, Chance yeah, that's would be a show, fine thing. You know, it's got, it's got to be mentioned. It's, uh, it's iconic of that era, whether we enjoy it or not. It's iconic of that era, and uh, as I said, I binge watched recently, and I did enjoy. Yeah. Um, 
I ask you as a mate, is the bottom half of me on fire? Oh, that's as, a, a peep show. That's super hands. That's super hands. Is that super hands? I'm fucking mental for all of you. If you want to add further, uh, I just say, by all means, talk about more one day. No, I'll just Crystal quote, fucking skulls. Crystal fucking, the uh, power of Atlantis. So, <laughs> it's like the power of Atlantis save you now, and he smashes. He's like, ah, oh, Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ! And he cuts his hand on the crystal skull. He's in the, he's in the, uh, the Christian uh, Rock Fest thing. Like. Christian Rock Fest. Uh, what's it called? Life Fest. Life Away. Got you booked on Life Away. Quick honorable mention: Cook the dog. Um, uh, that crazy guy goes nuts in the, in the ninth season. The the church guy with the Byzantine church. Fucking Angus. Oh, uh, uh, what's his name now? Um, it has been a, 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 uh, Tell me, Angus, has there ever been a published history of the Byzantine Church? What's his name? It's a mere pamphlet. Um, Angus, his name is. Angus, yeah, Angus. Yeah. Um, Gerard, the tube. Perfect. Gerard, yeah, we, we could talk about this another day, no problem. Um, Are you a animal or a flan animal, son? But, uh, yeah, we can, we, can, we can pick up, we can pick back up on Um... <laughs> Just so Mike, people know we're saying rolling on midnight. Mighty Boosh, I want to talk about quickly. Um, the Mighty Boosh. Mighty Boosh, uh, again, Julian Badnall feeling with his uh, with his with his brother Mike Freeland and uh, Rich Future Dave Brown made up the Mighty Boosh. Uh, uh, it uh, developed from uh, a radio series, uh, spawned at the stage shows, all sorts of stuff, live shows, uh, 2004, 2007. Uh, yeah, the first series was set in a zoo, if you remember. Second series was sort of like in a flat sort of setting, and then we had in a boutique. Then in the in the third series, uh, where, where we left off, then really there hasn't been any any remakes or any sort of uh, delve back into's uh, of such uh, since. Uh, uh, that's that's it, really. That's, I like uh, the, fella, the fella in the zoo that kept forgetting the animals' names, so you had to have them on like a recording device. <laughs> yeah, that's that. Is that Bob Fossil, is it? Bob Fossil. Bob Fossil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's why I don't like cricket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you had the whole sort of scene yeah. based around, you know, the gag of I don't like cricket, didn't you? You had, Yeah. Uh, was another one as well, though? And um, another song and dance he did one, eh? Uh, the first one was I don't like cricket. Oh, I can't go for that. Paul and Oates. That's oh, why I can't yeah, go yeah. for that. That's yeah. the one, wasn't it? Paul and Oates was the other one, wasn't it? Um, what was the, the crimping is called, isn't it? That that was crimpy, the uh crimpity crimpity nah nah crimpity crimpity. Uh, yeah, you had all that, didn't you? Four way crimp. The four way crimp as well in the last season was pretty good. Yeah, they, the had, to, crimp, they, yeah. they had the they had the four imposters, didn't they? Um yeah, um, to be them and it was they, uh, uh Barnaby. Uh, it was um the guy Simon Barnaby, he plays um uh 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 Simon Uncle characters, uh Tom and Rowan Detectorist, isn't it? He's, uh, ah, Christ! Well, they're in. Uh, yeah. Mighty Bush, you say? Uh, the one who plays, um, the one who plays Art, Art Garfunkel, is um, the one who portrays a sort of like lookalike um, Julian Barrett. Uh, they've worked together on this stuff as well. Mind them to have. They're very, uh, I think they're very similar kind of people and very friendly and whatnot. Um, but yeah, that's 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 the Mighty Bush. Really, again, that that could be a thing in itself. Really, It'd be I was talking about that, really. Uh, I've seen that live as well. I went to see the the, the Boosh live. It was really good. Future Sailor's tour, was it? Uh, yeah, Future Sailor's tour. Drinking yeah. Bailey's from a shoe, you said? 
Julian Barrett is a brilliant guitarist. Like honestly. Yeah, they had a little band going on, didn't they? On point, they I was so surprised. He's a he's a jazz guitarist. I didn't know. He's just oh. he's just really good. Like yeah, he was just improvising shit on stage, and it was just like oh, this is mental. <laughs> so is, unexpected. Guitars in jazz? <laughs> jazz <laughs> Question mark. <laughs> I'm joking, of course. Um, yeah, Crack Fox. Uh, <laughs> Crack Fox. Remember uh, Crack Fox. And uh, oh, what's the the hitcher? Hitcher with a thumb. Yes. Tic Tac, the Tic Tac, the no, the Polo for an eye thing. Polo meant, didn't I? Polo so the eels up inside you, guy. Yeah, eels. You're eels. right, boy. Like, you're right, boy. You did dance with old Elsie. Never, I've never got the Mighty Bruce. I just don't. I think that's I don't the get point. it. Like, I just don't. It's just not. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's so popular, and I just, I just, it doesn't resonate with me at all. Like, I don't know what it's, it is. It's, it's like me with a peep show, but I. Don't Captain Corrigan's flying at half past. Why people find it funny? <laughs> oh, honestly, I've tried watching Peep Show and I've just gone every time. It's just David Mitchell and what's his face? Webb. That, is it Webb? That's a bad yeah. It's just. David, uh, uh, David Mitchell. It's like. Nah, I don't find them funny. Like. Hi, Sophie. Me, like, you know. Oh, I wasn't having, I wasn't having a having a go, Mighty Bush. I just, I just don't. No, get it. I, I know it's, that's what I'm saying. It totally goes over my head. I'm just like, it's, it's just I the same. <laughs> sort of like the same, the same but reversed. Like with me and uh, Peep Show, it's just I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get the appeal. Like you know. So now then, now then, Jingle Jangle. Um, I have to cut that. A Jimmy Savile impression. Um, I'm going <laughs> to move on to uh, the in between us. It would be a bit daft of me not to mention the in between us. We really. in between us uh, from 2008 till 2010 uh, with a the first movie in 2011. Second movie, which I thought was terrible, by the way. The second movie is uh, sorry in between one. us, people. If you are listening, Australia. Apologize to any cast members. Oh, I've never seen involved. Australia one. that movie, but I didn't enjoy the second movie at all. I really didn't. I'm very sorry. Um, but yeah, in between us, uh, we talk about that. Um, an American. Um, Version oh, was actually um, done, oh, and uh, I think I think it maybe didn't even last one episode. No, or whatever, did it? And, uh, you can go back to um, going back to Peep Show. The same thing happens there as an American Peep Show, and it's just absolute. Is there an American Peep Show? No, they tried, again, a pilot. They yeah. tried doing yeah. the IT code as well, Sean, in America. They... And um, I know I know Richard Ayodai was actually in it as well. I think I just did one pilot with mm-hmm. it, and they had Joe McHale, seen... Tom, and it was in Community. Oh yeah, um, yeah, but I think maybe like. I don't even think it aids properly. Going back uh, as well, Only Fools and Horses. Only Fools and Horses was planned to be remade in America as well, but they never got yeah. around to it. They were going to have what's his name, uh, uh, the guy who plays Doc Brown in uh, Back to the Future. Was oh, it? Uh, Christopher Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd. He was going to be dead. Oh, we're going to go was back. The original plan. <laughs> they never even filmed a pilot. So yeah. there's a um, there's a Russian always sunny in Philadelphia. Is it? No, <laughs> always sunny in Pripyat, friend. The actor is not uh, exposed. <laughs> sorry, I was Ukraine. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> it was under the rule of the USSR, and it was their failings which resulted in the disaster. So it, it, it's part and parcel with the same thing. Yeah, moving on. Moving on. Uh, I am now on a hit list. <laughs> in between us, great, great humour. Um, Again, very UK-based humor. A lot of the slang, a lot of the terminology wouldn't really transcend anywhere else. Probably where the American version failed, with all due I respect. I tried to fart and then shit myself. 
I, said, I, I shit myself rather loudly in front of the whole class. Uh, I can relate to... I, I think the creators of a lot of these stories were like sort of um, influenced from perhaps schoolism. I can relate to my GCSEs. I've told this story many times. My GCSEs, there I was, you know, do, do my GCSEs. Just saying, uh, write your name, there's one point. You know, put your examination numbers down. All of a sudden, happened. Entire, entire um, place erupted in laughter, exploded in laughter from this one fart. All the teachers, all the teachers, like a riot squad, stop laughing. If you keep laughing, we'll cancel your papers. We will cancel them. Don't think we won't cancel them, because we will cancel them. Entire place erupted in laughter. Even even some of the teachers fighting to hold back the laughter. <laughs> even some of the teachers, huge fart, massive, in, in a sports <laughs> hall. Picture a quiet... You can hear a pin drop in there. You can literally hear a pin drop. Huge fart. Massive fart. <laughs> and, um, yeah, absolute chaos, of course. Absolute chaos. So, very similar, very, very similar to the, um, I, I, I farted, sir. You know, very, very similar, very, very similar to them. I shit my Huge head. fart. Massive. Th- think of, like, the biggest fart sound you can hear. And and as the player, now is it echo in sports hall? We did in sports hall. You can imagine the echo on it. A couple of hundred thousand, a couple of hundred, sorry, students in it. All I don't know what, what, what exam it was. I don't know, but oh it was just. <laughs> you like they didn't collectively press well, their independent thought alarms, and they would have that's, been. That's uh, my, that's my song. You, you can see where the, you can see where they got a lot of the ideas from. Um, with that's the much a less, that's a rich. <laughs> we had a much less interesting version of when we were doing exams. We used to beep our watches. Beep 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 beep. You set the alarm on your watch and turn it off straight away. You go beep beep, and everyone would be doing their own doors. Beep 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 beep. One year, a teacher fell off a stage. Woman fell off a stage, knocked her head, and she fell onto the floor by the grand piano. Proper fucking bad accident as well. She got her, she got up and dusted off like nothing had happened, but she fell off a stage. Is this real life now or what? Real life, yeah. Yeah, I fell off the main stage in uh, Alan's high fantasy, school. Bloody no, it's not fantasy. No. <laughs> yeah, crazy. Anyway, moving on. Sorry, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's my fart story anyway. And um, that's the in between us, really. Um, a lot of it, a lot of it, sort of, you can see where they got the ideas from. It's sort of like British school life, like, you know, fart comedy and... I'm going to fuck your uh, fucking fanny off, you twat. Yeah, the, and the, the, you know, let's say the, the way they speak and, and the dialogue, it's just it's it's it's, it's, it's British life, and at the end of the That's day, you know. I can wrap things up there in between. It's a great show. So many, so many quotes. Birth, tons of slang words as well. That 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 was the the thing about it. It birthed loads of words that other languages couldn't comprehend. Like exactly, contrapolarities. Yeah. You don't need me to. You don't need me to quote all in between us um, quotes. I mean, we talk in hours. Uh, yeah. I swear you are. Is uh, yeah, I'd, <laughs> I'd be here all day, wouldn't I? I'd be here all day. You know. But, uh, yeah, that's that's in between us. They they did. They did a little thing. Uh, they did a little thing uh, in I can't remember what year it was, but they um, they did a sort of uh, reunion episode, which was which was um, like a, like a, a, it was a Jimmy Carr style panel show, and they had absolute slander for it. It didn't go down very well, and uh, and uh, James Buckley actually publicly apologised for how bad it was, and uh, they all they all looked like they didn't want to be there. Uh, I don't know when now, two thousand nineteen, I think it was actually, yeah, but. Um, they did a little thing where they sort of drove about it a little bit. They had a bit of a bit of a chat, but um, 
I know we received a lot of backlash. It was because, all in the car, wasn't it? Was it the thing? Yeah, it, was it wasn't very good. Everybody hated it, and they, it was very obvious that they didn't all want to be there. I remember yeah. watching in the house actually at the time, and and, uh, and really, even, even I was like, oh, they 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 don't really want to be there. Like you know, it's like, yeah. I, so I it's, it's been either. awkward. It was a bit awkward. And 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 James Buckley did did apologise for anybody who didn't enjoy it because a lot well. done done a few of them. I know the guy who plays Neil. He basically wants to get out of that. Sort of like not get typecast. As it's that very typecast. Have. That's the thing. I yeah. think if if you look at if you look at the stuff that James Beckley does, with all due respect to him, great boy, great fella. Um, yeah, but it's also it's always very typecast. Same yeah. with same with um, sort of uh, Simon sort of character is always very similar. I don't okay, I don't Simon Bird, Simon, Bird is, Simon Bird is Simon Bird is Friday Night Dinner, but again I've never seen Friday Night Dinner. I can't really comment on that. The guy, I can't remember the guy's name. You know, the guy who plays Simon, not Simon Bird, the guy who plays Simon in the show, blonde hair, spiky blonde yeah, hair. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, he was in a film like a couple of years ago, which was basically like it wasn't the in between us, but it was basically his character in the in between us. The festival, was it? The festival. That was it. The festival, yeah. yeah. And it was just like, you know, if you don't want to get typecast, why? You... He's basically doing what uh, like Sean William Scott did after Bloody American Pie. Essentially, yeah. what happened. And they're stiffler, like stiffler he's everything. But uh, again, uh, again, uh, he's just uh, once you, once you become that character, it's, it's often very difficult to to get to get out of that kind of uh, yeah, or trying that kind of um. But anyway, yeah, I I quickly move on to wrap up the end of the two thousands. Uh, we we go in a little bit more local. Um, I'm going to quickly talk about Gavin and Stacey because um, like it or not, um, you know that's extremely popular. So uh, we talk about that very quickly. Um. James Corden's yeah. a cunt. Rob Ryden isn't funny. There we go. Uh, well, Rob Ryden. Ballyden, Rob Ryden lives very close to Tom. Actually, you might have seen him about part of the podcast. Yeah, yeah. See him but, down uh, the ice cream yeah, shop. Yeah, Gavin Stacey. created by Ruth Jones and uh, James Corden, as we know, uh, based yeah. on two families. One is in Essex. One is in Barry, South Wales. Uh, three series uh, with a uh, a recent uh, Christmas Day special. Uh, now. Don't say it's uh, like Libra's TV for morons, essentially. Let's, the let's two, the 2019 Christmas special. Listen to me a minute now. <laughs> no, the, two, the 2019 Christmas special, right, <laughs> oh, um, was the most viewed non-sporting event and the most watched comedy in 17 years of the BBC's history. So let's, let's just re-clarify. The most viewed non-sporting event uh, in a decade, and the most watched comedy in 17 years of the BBC's history. Um, but yeah, that was it, Gavin and Stacey. I know we, we don't all really appreciate that as perhaps as such, but um, you can't hide the fact that this um very popular and, and uh, needs to be included, really. So that's it, Gavin and Stacey, set in Barry Island and and, and Essex. And um, yeah, Gavin and Stacey, Rob Bryden, uh, very, very funny man, from local man to Tom. Tom sees him in the shop every day, no doubt. And uh, yeah, that's, that's it, Gavin and Stacey. Anything else you want to add on Gavin and Stacey before I move on to some hometown heroes? Yeah, it's not funny. That's about it, really. Uh, <laughs> you, know? made, um, you, got the, you got the love cover by um, Florence and Machine into number one, didn't it? What, Gavin and Stacey did? Yeah, it was on, on the original finale, wasn't it? You got the love by um, Florence and the Machine, the, the cover oh, of it. I didn't know that. I know the song. I know the song. Yeah, I know the song. Yeah, it's um, they're driving opposite ways on the M4. Yeah, no, obviously, obviously, James Corden has since uh, somehow become this huge Hollywood star and stuff. Um, and, this is uh, argument and, with Patrick Stewart. That was funny. Can't. Apple karaoke's and whatnot, and uh, 
but I'm gonna I'm gonna finish and reel it reel it back in because we've got a five hour podcast. I'm gonna reel it back in on some local Welsh comedy. I'm gonna I'm gonna end it on some local Welsh comedy. Um, so we've had you, Gavin and Stacey, but let's not forget Satellite City. Satellite City was a Welsh sitcom created by Boyd Clack, who's often mistaken as for Richard Myrick. Always Boyd Clack. <laughs> Knew that was coming. Mistaken. Knew that was coming. Yeah. It's a thing. <laughs> Is Boyd Clark mistaken as Richard Myrick, or is uh, Richard Myrick uh, mistook for Boyd Clark? That's it's very much the latter, but I'll tell you that. It, it could be either. Some, sometimes people could could uh, say, yeah, 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 Richard Myrick. But, um, yeah, uh, that started as a radio show in 1994 on BBC Radio Wales, and uh, I was picked up on broadcast in 1996, set around the Price family, Gwyn Price, and... Uh, and uh, the Price family with American lodger uh, Randy set in a sort of like Ronda Valley's type town. Um, the reason for the title is um, to do with um, the 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 town was initially used for uh, the testing of of satellite dishes and, and cable sort of satellite dishes, whatever you want to call it. And um, and they obviously were offered all this and and uh, never paid further or never. Um, what was the one that was filmed in Trebek and Emirthor? That's high hopes, which I'll move on to in a second. Apologies. Um, yeah, but Saturday City was, was that basically all the Saturday dishes, dishes were left up on uh, on this thing. It's a sort of reference in uh, a rundown area. But yeah, created by Boy Clark. Um, great show. You had Idris, his dad, and Moira. Idris uh, had uh, a uh, It was a great show. Great show, Saturday City. Local. A lot of it was filmed in just literally just over the road from me. Literally walking distance. I could probably walk in five minutes. Um, Cold Shop was in. Uh, it was set in Porth. Uh, in Porth, a lot of it was filmed in Hannah Street and things, and um, in Porth as as was I hope. That was that was Merthyr, wasn't it? Not about. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I'll move on to that now. <laughs> now. High Hopes. We visited the House of High Hopes um, when we filmed um, a, a little thing we filmed many years ago in, in a sort of previous incarnation of ourselves. Um, High Hopes is set in uh, the South Hills Valleys in a fictional town called Compenol. Um, which is Welsh for Backside Valley. Um, again, this was created by Boyd Clark, who may or may not be Richard Myrick. Um, <laughs> it revolves around it revolves around Richard Hepplewhite, um, known as Fagin, and his mam. His mam was also in Gavin and Stacey, the uh, the uh, the wonderful character of Elsie Hepplewhite, played by Margaret John. And uh, yeah, he's sort of like a dodgy businessman, but he's got agoraphobia. Here's the thing: he's got agoraphobia. He can't go outside. So this is the thing. So he's got his two little assistants, um, Hoffman and Fe- uh, uh, Hoffman and Charlie, who live with him. Now Hoffman and Charlie um, robbed his house in the first series, but then they end up living with him and get taken in and part of his operation and stuff. And um, yeah, that's it really. And and Boy Clark plays um, a policeman in it, a policeman in it, Sergeant Ball, who's a little bit corrupt and you know like turn a blind eye kind of thing. A great show, and it's, it's all filmed locally within the sort of Merthyr area, the Ronda, a lot of his film. And, and that's it, really. I'm, I'm going to wrap things up on, you know, on, on the uh, on the Welsh comedy. We've had a bit of Scottish, we've had a lot of English, and um, I, I'm, I'm wrapping things up on some on some homegrown. Uh, uh, we have had some Irish as well. That way. <laughs> we've had some Irish as well. Yeah. We certainly yeah. have. And I mean, if we were talking about modern day comedy you now, as we said, there's there's no real there's no real sketch shows to not to my knowledge. If there is, please let us know. And I think the comedy has sort of gone in the way of like. You know, it's largely Mrs. Brown's boys sort of orientated, I believe, not really, and it's sort of... Uh... Depends where you look. Depends where you look, yeah. That's, you've, that's got, you've got a lot of other stuff, which, I, again, I, I've not seen a lot of these shows. Like, 
I've not seen shows like Bad Education or Outnumbered or Friday Night Dinner or um, uh, you got you got your Mirandas and you got your um, you got oh, all this kind of um... give Miranda a miss, Jesus. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah there, there are good shows out there, Gal. You know, uh, like unlike everything you just listed, there are good shows. <laughs> no, this is what I'm saying. Tell, tell me about them, so then, if that case, we, and we we'll, we'll end on we we'll end on a high. Like, what's what's popular at the moment? What's a good comedy show? Because um, I find myself having to go back in time. Like, I can't find nothing to watch at the moment. I've run out of things to watch. I'm a miserable yeah. no. Sorry. That's why I binged Beach. That's why I binged uh, Peep Show for really. I selfie. British London. Fuck off, clean shirt. British London, Mark Crarogan. But um, yeah, that that's more or less wrapped my things. I've gone, I've gone through the decades. You know, I've gone, I've gone through all the British comedy, and I've ended things locally for ourselves. We are a Welsh podcast, by the way, for the benefit of the tape. But you're all from the South Wales region. So I've very nicely ended things on uh, on the South Wales sort of region, but uh, yeah, we we we'll have, we'll have a quick little little chat about over relevant um, modern sort of things, and and uh, and that's it really. I can't really think of any. I can't think of any sketch shows though. I'd like to know are there any sketch shows out at the moment? That's we didn't mention like that. We did mention Monkey Dust, but I think the ball is the ship Monkey Dust was Oh, that was very depressing. That was only very very. It was very depressing. It was great. Oh, it was awful <laughs> depressing. It really was. Then. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I've ended, I've ended things, and uh, I've wrapped things up nicely. There, we are a Welsh podcast. We are all Welsh. We're up in the South Wales region. So I've ended things nicely there on some of the Welsh comedy, some of the local sort of things, and um, yeah, that that pretty much sums it up. Really, I think that's a nice, a nice way to to end everything. Really, we've had a good chat through the decades. We've we've had a talk of uh, some of the defining comedies of the decades. If there any is anything we missed from any decade, or any era, or any sort of. Uh, Shows we have missed, please let us know in emails, messages, comments, wherever you want. Um, let us know. I imagine there's plenty of stuff you've missed out. We'd love to talk to you about it. Let us know. On that note, all I want to say is it's goodbye from Richard. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from me. Thank you very much. This has been Steve Cast. What about me and him, man? Yeah. yeah.